in this episode of Full Nerd, Arc A, it is it A770? Yeah. And okay. A750. Oh, and A7. A- it- A7. A7. It's just an A7. Just A7 reviews? A7X? Yeah, there you go. A7. Mm-hmm. What is the correct? What's reviews. the correct nomenclature? A7. A7 series. A7 series review. Okay. In this episode of Full Nerd, ARC A7 series review and 13th Gen Raptor Lake pricing. Welcome to episode 232 of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Eleni on the right. Hello. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, hello. Wow, we're here. It's review season. We're, we're deep in it. Uh, we had the uh, fine folks over at... Uh, IDGIT uh, here last week to to work on some internet stuff. So uh, hopefully the internet should be good. L- let me know if it's not. <laughs> but you know, you know how it goes around here with our IT department. So let me know. But it should be good. It should it be good. Should be good. But yeah. you know what I want to think it should be good. What what internet, should be good? Internet. Uh, I just want to put this message out. This PSA for your your friendly neighborhood hardware reviewer. I know everybody goes out and they read the review. You you write 6,000 words or you talk for two hours and they scroll or they go to the very end of the video, look at conclusion and they leave. I want to remind you before you go on Twitter, before you go on Reddit or your favorite hardware forum to say, ooh, this guy just did good. Please, please, please remember that everybody has busted their buns to get these reviews done. Uh, I'm saying this because I know Brad is tired and I know it's self-serving for me because I just went through this Ryzen 7000. There's no new things that are coming. Please, 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 before you start arguing about everything and anger about this thing, remember, remember to say, hey, thank you for at least testing this stuff. It will continue on. This is not the topics will continue to be touched. I'm just saying that for all the people out there that have just worked through, you know, 16 17 hour days for a week to get things done sometimes it feels really bad to come and read comments to get burned because you didn't run a certain test with this really obscure benchmark you wanted to run because that's what matters to you so just just a reminder there for people like brad who's who's done who's really tired yeah get get off your outrage pony for get a off second. your outrage pony <laughs> and, and thank your your local hardware reviewer and then uh, get on or, your outrage pony uh, yeah, get or at least get off the outrage pony and get onto your politeness pony oh, there we and go. say hey the great review do you think you'll have time to cover x y or z that's probably much more likely to get your reviewer to go hey you know that actually sounds kind of interesting i wasn't thinking of that but now that you've mentioned it i might do that after all <laughs> yeah Wait, yeah. what's the what's the Budweiser uh, Clydesdales, right? We should that should be like the polite Clydesdale. We got the outrage pony, the polite Clydesdale. <laughs> you know, or, or just sort of just say like, hey, please, hey, you know what? I really like this, but you should. I would like you to. I think you need to consider this. You don't you need to immediately jump on the. You know, yeah. let's not take it to eleven immediately. You can start off at a five or six, and then well, go up to eleven. Uh, VC Jester gives us two two dollars super chat. Thank you so much. Says, uh, just just say, stay classy. There we go. Yes, yeah, stay classy. Stay internet. classy. There stay you classy. go. Stay classy. I got to start being shirts. classy before I can do that. Ooh, get a shirt with that on it. Good point. Uh, well, uh, can you tell me if arc cards are classy or not? Huh? Do they bring the class? Are they best in class. I suppose the answer to that is it depends. <laughs> so yeah, uh, arc. <laughs> 
A7 flagship series embargo for their desktop graphics cards finally released today. So after these months and years of teasing, a new player has entered the game as Intel keeps, uh, you know, hyping up. And it's a roller coaster ride. Uh, <laughs> there are some cases where there are many cases, especially if you're playing DirectX 12 and Vulkan, where not only does do these cards smash the RTX 3060, like they can get up there past the 3060 Ti, close to the 3070 in some cases. But if you don't have rebar, if you're using DirectX 11, uh, you can lose over half of your performance. So it very much depends. This is the weirdest graphics card I've ever tested. <laughs> work in progress. The, right? I mean, it feels like a work in progress. Very much a work in progress. Uh, so, yeah, a huge, massive review is up on PC World today. If you want to go check that out, uh, you can feel free to send me hate mail after, despite what Gordon and Elaine were saying. I love hate mail. I look at it. I laugh. Polite, uh, wait. polite uh, <laughs> Clydesdale. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I'm, and again, I'm not saying you can't criticize. I'm just saying, please try to yeah, criticize please. in a way that you think is going to be received. You know, Brad's yeah. the only one of us who's like, give me your hate. It keeps you warm at night. I, yeah, it fuels I, me. I, 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 I need point. something. To, I need a fire to keep it going. It's getting dark. It's getting dark. It's getting cold up here in New England now. <laughs> so I need a fire to keep me working when I'm benchmarking at two o'clock in the morning. There so. Send me the tweets. I'll print them out. I, I just think the, the probably the best way to think about it is it's like you don't get if you're going to a restaurant, you don't get and you're getting bad service or whatever. You don't get pissed off or angry. This is my my sister. She taught me this lesson because she's like, hey, stupid ass. <laughs> what? Don't be hard on these people because they haven't brought her food out yet. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, remember that. These cards, so they launched today. The Arc A750 has eight gigabytes of memory and launched for two hundred and eighty-nine dollars, which pretty decent pricing. Uh, Nvidia is very keen to pitch these against the RTX 3060. Uh, the A770 is available in two different configurations: uh, eight gigabytes, which Intel expects most custom versions to be the eight gigabyte model. Those are three hundred and twenty-nine dollars starting. Uh, and then you can get 16 gigabytes for $349, which 20 bucks for an extra eight gigabytes of GDDR6 RAM. That seems worth it to me. Uh, I tested Intel's limited edition cards, which despite the name are not limited edition whatsoever. It's just their branding for like founders edition. Uh, and they look great in the hand. They feel super premium. I love the design, but the performance is really all over the place. Uh, I can see why Intel was so keen to pitch this against the 3060 because in those DirectX 12 games, in those Vulcan games, and even in ray tracing, uh, Intel wins more often than not versus the 3060. Uh, the fly in the ointment for them is Radeon. Uh, the $250 RX 6600 still is, I think, the preferred 1080p gaming gpu if you're looking to get into 1080p gaming uh you're going to want the radeon rx 6600 uh the 6600 xt is going for around the same 300 dollars price as these art cards and it's faster uh not in ray tracing amd is definitely the slow man out in ray tracing but honestly if you're looking at a mid-range card ray tracing is really not something you should be looking to turn on more often than not uh but yeah, it was uh, one of the weirdest reviews I've ever done. Uh, 
and a lot of tests in DirectX 12 and Vulkan, it just smashes. Like, Arc kicks all kinds of butt. It's super encouraging. Uh, about the architecture, it... Uh, I haven't been able to dig too far into it because I had very limited time for testing of these things. But as you scale up in resolution, uh, the performance lead for Arc widens, so the architecture seems to, like higher resolution as opposed to Radeon, which excels at the lower resolution, which is part of the reason why I recommend the Radeon RX 6600 and 6600 XT. Uh, But yeah, uh, performance is kind of weird. You need a modern system with rebar, uh, PCIe resizable bar, or AMD smart access memory, which they call rebar. Uh, the issue with that is it was only introduced with Ryzen 5000 and Intel... 12th gen i want to say uh it's available in 11th gen 10th gen and ryzen 3000 but you might have to do firmware upgrades for your cpu and motherboard so that might be a tricky upgrade uh but you really need them because if you have those off it like hammers your performance Hmm. yeah i think they i think they did add it to uh 10th gen boards and a lot of old you know it, i mean some older ones do too some older like you i some people have it for 8700k boards some people have it for ninth gen boards yeah. but it's much less uniform as you go that far back yeah and i think the issue there too is you're getting to a far less sophisticated crowd as well to deal yep. with it and those ones if they're if they're solely going to go out and buy on price they're probably not going to be the ones that are also updating the bios on a, on a board or to even check yep. to see if it's there. Yep. So yeah, because I, I and I feel like I've asked this before, but most motherboards don't have SAM or rebar on by default, right? Yeah, and and again, yeah. this this highlights the problem is if you have rebar. Jared mentioned this: if you have rebar on with uh, some boards, like the Radeon Seven would not boot with it. Oh. So it's huh. it's just, and that's the reason why motherboard vendor. I know, but he's like. Intel wants everybody to turn it on, but motherboard brand is like, uh, no, not I'm, I'm going to eat like 5,000 support calls from people not being able to boot. You know, it's it's just not worth it for them. But so I think I think uh, it will be the default in the future. Uh, Intel has said they're working with their motherboard partners to make that the default going forward. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these Arc GPUs wind up in pre-built systems where Intel has more control over the whole experience right. to just, you know, ensure that. Uh but yeah, there's all that weirdness. Uh, it kicks butt at ray tracing. Uh, I tested with DLSS and FSR and XESS off. I didn't have much time to dig into XESS yet because I thought the rebar in the DirectX 11 performance was more important to look at, more widely applicable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is a big part of the equation with ray tracing. Like, technically, Intel's ray tracing cores are more efficient, more capable than NVIDIA's RTX 30 series Ampere ray tracing cores, which alone is huge. I mean, AMD is still nowhere near that. But the other flip side of that is when NVIDIA says RTX, it doesn't just mean ray tracing, it means the whole stack. You need those, to turn on ray tracing, you need the software upscalers and stuff like that, and DLSS is in hundreds of games, and XESS is only currently in a handful uh, so, you know, yes, technically Intel's ray tracing performance is better than RTX 30 series, but DLSS still gives NVIDIA the edge there. Hmm. I, it's just interesting because, I mean, it, it really is a roller Did you have, I was just going to, it really is a roller coaster because to see like this weird like 3060 Ti performance down 1660 performance, it's just like, 
I think I was watching. So I was watching yeah. Steve at uh, Gamers Nexus, and he said like some games 1060 was outperforming it. So like it just yep. it is really that's kind of that rough kind of. Yeah, it was actually. I always. So when you review products, you might have one or two people you talk to, but you're into NDA for this stuff. So you don't really talk to other right. people about benchmarks results, even if you're friendly with their reviews. So you'd largely do this in a vacuum. I always rush out whenever an embargo lifts to see what everybody else thinks, because even though I'm secure in my you know capabilities and knowledge, I still want to see did I miss anything? What does everybody else think? This is the review where the second nine o'clock hit, I started hitting every video, every article I could. Because there are so many oddities to this card that it really is a roller coaster. And there's so many things you can test and should test. Like, I highly recommend everybody go check out every possible review that you can. Yeah. No, it really is just, it is a weird one. But what's your advice for, uh, to me, the only thing that matters to anyone is like, should I buy this card? Uh, who Who is this card line? the right person for? Like. Very few people, I would say. In general, I can't recommend it. Uh, one, because of all those performance oddities with DirectX 12 and Rebar, which Adam has a slide for that we can pull up in a second. Yep. Uh, but also, the driver issues, the software bugs, are a lot better than they sounds like they were when the A380 first launched in China and people were bringing them in and they're like, whoa, what is going on here? But uh, this was the buggiest software experience I've had ever reviewing graphics cards. Uh Hey, people give Radeon crap, but their drivers are in really good shape these days. Their software is in really good shape these days. They've spent years fixing it, and you could tell. NVIDIA and AMD both have great polished software packages at this point. Uh, Arc is definitely still very much a work in progress, which to Intel's credit, you know, they're fully on board with that. Even during this review thing, they're like, we know you're going to run into issues. We expect you to write about them. We want you to tell people about them, but you want you to tell us about them so we can work on fixing them too. Which is encouraging. Uh, but I ran into, let's see, I have a, a full list in my review. Uh, like the first time I installed Arc Control, uh, Intel's version of GeForce Experience or Adrenaline, uh, it completely locked up my computer and it forced me to do a hard reboot. Uh, it didn't pop up after that, but, you know, I had, that was a hard crash. Uh, when I booted back up, it is kind of laggy in general uh it pops up as an overlay but you can't look at anything else while it's going on unless you close the full screen overlay and there's no fan controls in it yet so you know it's definitely still a work in progress uh every time you turn on the computer you get one of those windows prompts saying hey can art control run it's like yes yes it still can yes it still can yes it still can uh you don't get that within video or amd either uh, Intel is aware of it. They're working to fix it. It was not fixed as of today. Uh, I suffered in Gears Tactics. I suffered a fatal exception error that hard crashed the game in Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I had one hard crash that required a full hard reboot of the computer again, physically holding down the power button, completely unresponsive. Hmm. Uh, Borderlands 3... Graphical corruption, completely unresponsive keyboard and mouse, another hard reset. Uh, and each of those gaming hard resets were only, they only happened to me once in each one across 20 to 40 benchmarks runs. But if you're playing these games, you know, one time out of 10 or 20, you have to hard reset your computer. 
that sucks. Uh, and in the midst of the review process, they sent me over a list of bug, bug fixes they were working on. And some of the bug fixes were pretty major. I'm glad they're in place now. But just to highlight, like, just how much these drivers still need some work, some of the bug fixes were, like, Fortnite failed to launch. Valorant failed to launch. Uh, Saints Row is corrupt. Uh, Spider-Man crashes when ray tracing is enabled. Mm -hmm. So that's good that they're fixing all those. And Tom Peterson told, and tells Tom Peterson has been on Full Nerd before, told reviewers that they have thousands of engineers working on this right now but it is very much uh less polished than you would typically expect to find in a 300 hundred dollar computer product <laughs> a question though do you think that gives the argument that people have made for many years i'm not sure i totally buy it of the fine wine argument that like if you look at driver performance now of arc a 770 and you you re-review it in 12 months or 24 months and you see this is it is it the fine will will intel get the fine wine treatment that everybody would in the old days well, give amd i have a more nuanced view of fine wine in general uh i think i think i've talked about this on here like a year or two before like i guess right now it's ago. ripple or something like but that but right? so. it's uh yeah fine wine amd's Drivers were always worse than NVIDIA's. So what Fine Wine was, was those drivers getting better, like optimizing performance that NVIDIA just knocked out of the gate. Uh, I genuinely think that Intel is going to be focusing hard on this, and I think who knows how much better they can make things, but I do genuinely think they will get things better, and these could be very much the finest of all wine <laughs> two or three years from now. Like, I don't know anything about wine, but I don't know. That's a long time, though. Some kind of sterling French region. You uh, you, you missed my Ripple um, reference there, Brad. I don't, I guess maybe you, you folks are not um, familiar with the fine wine of Ripple that you get at the Quick Stop on 35th Avenue in Oakland, because... Uh, no, sorry. Screw top, and yeah. Okay. But I do think the drivers <laughs> are genuinely the big issue because if you look at the – if you think about the actual chip itself, like these chips are big 400 millimeter squared chips. They also draw a lot more power than AMD and NVIDIA do. And as you see in like Strange Brigade and you see in Wolfenstein, like – I think it's Wolfenstein. I forget. I don't have it in front of me. But in a couple of these cards, a couple of these games, these cards like are 3070, 3060 Ti class level. And if you remember back when this was all first announced, Gordon did a bunch of math and data stuff and scaled it up and said, these cards are likely going to be a 3060 Ti, 3070 competitor. Going off of the size of the chip and the power draw for the chip, I believe that was probably the original intention if these launched a year ago. Uh, but the drivers, my guess is, just didn't get there. So I think there is, you know, a very good potential for these cards to be much, much better in the future, especially if you play DX12 and Vulcan games. But like I always say, every in time every that, yeah, like when NVIDIA launched with ray tracing, but no ray trace games, and uh, Polaris, Radeon Polaris launched, oh, we're great at DirectX 12, but there's no DirectX 12 games. You don't buy for the future, you buy for right now. You know, that, the thing is, I think, oh, 
Erlena, you, you, you got us. You got us. No, I was going to say kind of the same thing where it's like this, this card just sounds like something that uh, I know. I know you haven't brought it up yet, Brad, but um, it almost sounds like unless you're someone who's really interested in like dropping it into a like capture, like dedicated capture streaming or streaming box, really, like for the AV1 support, this does not seem like a day one or like early months kind of purchase for most people. It seems like a give it six months or longer, see what comes out from the competitors at what price points, see what uh, the adoption rate is like and how that affects the MSRPs on these cards, you know, and then maybe evaluate from there. So basically, if you can afford to wait, then waiting sounds like your best bet, especially if you're in this price range. Yeah, and then to me, I what I wanted to, to, to address, because I, I think the thing is you both, I mean, actually you three tend to be very conservative on your willingness to, put faith in the future i know because everybody in fact i heard and again i heard steve say it um uh in his review today over gamers nexus go over there like subscribe smash the bell blah 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 (laughs) he he is also very much i I would put them you know the thing is i would put all four of you in the buy 1080 ti not a 2070 camp right or 2080 (laughs) i so remember i was very much i was probably one of the few voices that said buy 2080 because I I believe that in the future I would say buy 2080 over 1080 Ti mm-hmm. even though the 1080 was 1080 Ti was an incredible price incredible performance but my feeling was it's not going to mature any better than that so I I really believe that there are that things get better especially when you have you know a lot I- of big companies pushing and I kind of wanted that sort of some perspective there because honestly here's a different way to look at this. If I could buy 3070 for $329, but I don't get the 3070 performance for 12 to 18 months, is that better or is that worse? You know, because this well, thing could very well scale up to be 3070 performance in some things. I hear you. And I acknowledge that is definitely like a philosophical. Uh, philosophical. I butchered that. But yeah, <laughs> I have not got much sleep the last few days. Uh So, yeah, it's a philosophy difference, and it's a totally valid one. Some people are enthusiasts, and they're just like, give me the new stuff. If it winds up working, I want access to that new stuff, and that's totally fair and valid. Uh, The difference is with DLSS and ray tracing is those were more like, here are cool features on top of what we already have. Uh, With this, it's, hey, the vast majority of existing games, DirectX 11 games, DirectX 9 games, just don't work very well on this card. You need DirectX 12. You need you need Vulcan. Uh, well, and they they even so came that's out. that's the raw basic performance of the card. That's not just a feature. I do think Intel is going to be working hard. I think this is a long term strategy for Intel. But there's a big difference between half these games run like butt, and <laughs> half these games run great. And with the RTX 20 series, it was all these games run great. Hopefully, ray tracing works. It's a big difference. Uh, also, like I feel like they even came out and were very honest in saying, "Hey, listen, like there's thousands and thousands of games that have come out in the past. Are we going to get around to all of them? No, uh, you know. So, I mean, there's that other angle too. So it's, you know, and and not that I, who knows the amount of people who are buying old games, you know, versus just playing the new stuff, whatever. But still, yeah, I mean, to Brad's point, I, I think it's a maturity thing. I, I think. More to my point too on the that that some people are saying like uh, oh who was it uh, crap 
Sorry. Uh, oh, here we go. Swayze uh, said, I feel dirty wanting to support Intel, but we need this to succeed. I think I think that's a different argument, too, to say, hey, you know what? Like, sure, it, it's not performing great now, but we want so badly for there to be competition. Actually, Linus put out a video today. His his hook of his, <laughs> his video. Yeah, his show hat <laughs> was like, hey, listen, like, yeah, well, boy, there's some problems, but we want competition. So we want it to succeed, which they're willing to excuse i guess performance problems now for the hope that they'll be around long enough in the future and fix enough things to to compete and be actual competition so i can see i can see that argument better than than oh this is just a new thing buy it kind of thing the fortunate part though is that intel is a very large corporation with a lot of resources so unlike a actual true startup player in this area they have the cushion to take you know uh, a hit on this, not, you know, have a great sell through rate and still keep pushing on. I mean, obviously, we don't know anything about what's going on behind the scenes, but there's definitely more hope than when someone's like, you know, a scrappy kind of like just try to make it work so they can survive kind of thing. Yeah. And it is like, honestly, like it's such a Jekyll and Hyde card. Like there's a ton of encouraging stuff about this card. Like when it is in those ideal scenarios, like it smashes. Like, it just murders Radeon and NVIDIA around the same price point. Uh, AV1 encode, like uh, Elena brought up, that's a huge feather in Intel's cap, in my opinion. Unfortunately for them, that's still kind of in the early days, but YouTube video does support AV1. I don't know about live streams, but at least for you can upload it in AV1. And while the RTX 40 series is going to include AV1 encode, uh, those... NVIDIA cards are like six months off. We're not going to see a 4060 for a long time. You can tell that just looking at the stack of the RTX. So if you want AV1 encode, like this could be a a viable option for you. It could be the only option for you. Well, Uh, 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 Adam over at EPOSVOX did say the performance isn't different than the A380. So if you can get one of those for cheap, then that's that's even better. Same media encoder. So, but you know, you sort yeah. of get a little more yeah. perf out of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. You also get DisplayPort two, right? I mean, yep. that's also like that's actually that was kind of like that really kind of a shocker with GeForce four thousand. It was like it was like what you're not getting DisplayPort two on it. I know it doesn't matter, but still, it was one thing. One thing that is worth noting that is great that it includes DisplayPort two, but it also only includes HDMI two point B, not okay. HDMI two point one. So. Uh, that matters less than on monitors because on monitors you need that to connect consoles. But in the PC space, HDMI 2.1 is the spec that includes native adaptive sync report uh, support. Oh. So if you want adaptive sync, you're going to have to use the display ports on these. Uh, if that makes a difference for you, just figures worth putting out there. Uh, they do have a workaround for custom boards that want to make it where basically you rewire some stuff and you could turn the HDMI point port into an HDMI 2.1 port. But they didn't know if that would actually activate variable refresh rate support yet. So, you know, I, I don't, again, so uh, over, Steve's video is the only one I had a chance to watch this morning. Is he had a lot of problems bringing monitors up. Like some monitors were just blanked out. And to me, that's like a, that's like a that's a massive negative because like <laughs> like he was like how do you install updated drivers to make the monitor come up if you don't have monitor output unless you have IGP on your system you're you're kind of hosed unless you have another monitor which yeah we do around here but 
I saw I saw that mentioned in another review. I forget which one offhand. Some text review also mentioned that. Uh, I didn't run into that issue with my two monitors that I plugged it into, but it definitely seems like it could be a thing, and that's that's a showstopper. Well, you said it's also some one of the problems when you when you have a very like it's. Are there any other DisplayPort 2.0 cards out there? I don't think so, right? Is Radeon? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't you're know going when you reach. Everybody's like, "Oh, I want the new spec." Well, you know, I I've long joked that specs are how all the companies agree to make things slightly different. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's all get the specs so we can screw it up in twenty five different ways. I would think that might be why some of those early monitors may have problems with DisplayPort two. You know, I it just so I. Before we move on fully from drivers, I did want to just talk about their approach to it real quick uh, and how they're framing all of this. NVIDIA kind of does the same thing, but I feel like Intel's leaning heavily into it. Uh, So DirectX 12 Vulkan performs really well. Uh, For one, if I haven't said this already, I I know Intel has gotten a lot of grief over how open and honest it's been over the last month because people felt like they were trickling, drawing stuff out. But I personally find it very refreshing how open... Tom Peterson, Ryan Shrout, everyone over there at Intel, Roger was on a video last night, are about these issues. And I find that refreshing. I like it. But uh, they keep referring to uh, DirectX 12 and Direct and Vulkan as low overhead APIs. And they, I've heard DirectX 11 referred to as a legacy API, which is not really true. Uh, the difference between DirectX 11 and DirectX 12 slash Vulkan slash Mantle back in the day when they came out is that DirectX 12 and Vulkan lets game developers get closer to the metal. That was the whole point when it came out. Like Developers can now tell graphics cards how to behave, tell CPUs how to behave, and get higher performance from having that finer, more granular control. DirectX 11 is still around because it is you know, the umbrella, like you can just write for DirectX 11 and Windows will figure out how to make it work on a Windows machine. So that's what the majority of traditional games are. That's what indie developers go for. That's what AA, if you want to call it that, developers, they they typically write for DirectX 11 because writing for DirectX 12 and Vulkan means I'm going in here and writing for DirectX 12 and Vulkan is much more deeper technical work. So we are seeing more AAA games that use DirectX 12 and Vulkan. But DirectX 11 is by no means obsolete. But having that obfuscation layer... Sorry, again, I I don't have much sleep. And when I don't get much sleep, (laughs) my tongue gets heavy. Uh, That requires a lot more work on the behalf of Radeon, GeForce, and now Intel Arc. So those games aren't going to go away. And it's just going to require a lot of work from uh, Intel. Right. They were going to have to just continue to address older. I mean, but it is somewhat accurate. I I think you could. DirectX 11 is sort of the past, honestly, still, though. So I I do kind of wonder if that assessment is correct. I mean, I agree with that for AAA games who have thousands of developers working on a game. I don't agree with that. Or any other necessarily lower tier, not lower tier. I hope you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the right. indie smaller, smaller shops are not going to be. Yeah. Going to, you know, they're not going to get the DevRel. They're not going to be able to put all the engineering yeah. resources in, into it. So it is potential. There's probably going to still be a lot of dicks. I don't know that. That'd be interesting to see the Steam 
stats to see how many DX11 games are like. It'd be interesting to see if like, oh, you know what? Ninety nine percent of indie games are all DX11. I think. Uh, so. Yeah, let me look because I, I I feel like they do have that on there. But do, their stats. I, on that point though, I I kind of wonder if like. Do I care? Like, so if I, you know, if I'm buying, if you're in a $300 card range, you really are looking forward to the big game experience, I think. So you're wanting the, you know, new cyberpunk, you whatever the new game bells and whistles and all that stuff. That's going to be DX 12 and up. Um, wouldn't I be happy because I'm going to get my performance there? And if I'm playing Counter Strike, and unless I'm a competitive player, you know, 150 frames a second is probably fine for most people, you know? And that's. That's something we were talking about in the pre-show, but on the show yet. So Counter-Strike runs on DX11. Uh, Intel's drivers don't even like natively support DirectX 11. They're using DX12, Microsoft's DX11 to DX12 layer. So it was Hardware Canucks, and I want to say one of the Steves, either Gamers Nexus or Hardware and Box, were testing Counter-Strike and found that it capped out around 150 frames per second, whereas all the other cards were significantly higher, like hundreds and hundreds of frames per second. And that's because Intel's drivers are falling back on that native DX9 to DX12 thing. Yeah, and that's pretty much where they're, they're not going to go back and say, we're going to... But to me, that yeah, you're right, because that is... <laughs> You you just simply can't ignore like oh we're just going to leave that in the past. It's like Counter Strike is like in, not in the past, you know. And you could say that for a lot of these other games that are like they're not in the past, and that's because these these developers like uh, if you ever look at the large market, like there are just a crap load of older machines out there. So we we can't. I mean, yeah, it's you know legacy. It's always this you know weight that's holding everybody down, and but you got to do something about it if you're making hardware. So. Uh, I will say, unless if, if you're a serious esports e pro, you probably wouldn't be looking at this to begin with. Right. If you're a more casual player, uh, 150 frames per second in CSGO, like, you'll be fine. And I really think, like, it's hard for me to recommend the kind of folks who would watch the full nerd to go buy this. Like, you want a more polished driver experience. You want the higher frames. You want all that. Even though Intel does have the higher frames of DX12 and Vulcan. Uh, but I think... Like I said earlier, I think there's going to be a lot of pre-built systems with these in them. I wouldn't be surprised if the majority of these ARC GPUs go to pre-built systems where Intel can keep working on those drivers, have the full control of the experience. And if you're buying a pre-built from Best Buy and you boot it up, boot up CSGO and get 150 frames per second, you're probably going to be happy with it. I mean, you're probably just on a 1080p 60 monitor. Anyway, yeah. So, you know, how, you know I, it does, I do wonder how robust is the driver update? Like, you know, like, you know, if you... Uh, again, I'm uh, I'm showing what I run at home, but on G on GeForce, you always like, hey, new driver, new driver, new driver. Do they have something similar to that? Because I'm afraid of regular, you know, big box buyers are not going to update drivers, and it's going to our control. Our control includes all that stuff. Okay. Uh, and our control, the first time I booted it up, I couldn't get a screenshot because, like I said, it. Uh hard locked the first time that our <laughs> control was installed but it pops up a thing saying hey you don't have rebar on turn on rebar uh <laughs> some of those things are really really scary brad like i kind of think yeah. like i try to wear different i try to view it from different people's shoes and i know a lot of people expect well these are going to be bundled they're going to go to big box you're going to get your nor normal person you know you're buying your they want to they want to be a streamer they want a box you go to 
big box you buy. But I kind of think these are like show-stopping issues. And even like if I were an OEM, even a or a system regulator, you're like it's like this is like people are not going to go. This is this is Intel's arc fault. My machine does not run this game or hard locks on this thing. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna come back at me. They're gonna call me for support. That will cost me thirty dollars every time somebody calls me. That seems like a really really big showstopper to me. Some of these some of these are really big showstopping issues. So. I agree, and I would hope that if Intel goes that route, they have something worked out with OEMs to kind of account for that. Because <laughs> that's ugly. Could yeah. you imagine that? Like, if you're like, if you're a big OEM and you ship these in ten thousand boxes, <laughs> you yeah. you eat six thousand sure. support calls. Like the. <sighs> but I'm I'm gonna guess though. Like I was thinking about that too. I just can't see big box versions of this coming out immediately either. I think they're probably gonna take some time right. to work out these kinks and get that locked, you know, squared away, so that when they do ship. HP and Dell and you know all the rest aren't going to have to you know eat that kind of not even just the support calls but also the hit the hit to the brand right because again right. like the same people who are going to buy those big box type machines they're not going to go oh you know it's because it's Intel inside that's you know causing the issue they're like right. no you guys make a crap product yep. I'm never buying a Dell again right that's that's basically mm-hmm. how it's going to mm-hmm. boil down yeah this is a rep and I I can imagine they're like you know what um your car does not pass our driver calls. Like this is not making enough. Like, I, but you're right. I mean, you probably won't see it for like two months. And it is kind of weird because this is a DIY card. And actually it's kind of perfect for the DIY environment. Because if you're putting a card in your machine anyway, you know to download drivers. It's not a big deal. Like it's sort of like yep. we need somebody. And, and you know, so that joke, like everybody's going to beta test this for Intel, but they got to start somewhere. <laughs> and you kind of need like... Honestly, like you get 5,000, 10,000 cards out there. People go like, this is like in two months, the driver, it feels like you'll smooth over 90% of the, of the hard of this show stopping kind of driver bugs. It feels like I, I would hope so, but there's a reason that Intel launched, launched the arc a 380 in China four or five months ago at this point. And I never tested that card, but based on what I saw in other reviews, like it was rough, uh, they're a lot better now than they were those four or five months ago, the drivers. They're huge, but they are still very much a work in progress. But drivers improvements are coming fast and furious. We had one come through this weekend during my testing thing, but it was mostly just to fix those show stopping bugs like Fortnite didn't launch, Valorant didn't launch. So I didn't even install it on this because I did not want to be mucking around with drivers any more than I already was. <laughs> uh, well, if I, if I can put on uh, some different shoes, uh, according to Gordon's terminology, I was excited to wake up this morning and be like, okay, we already know the story about how mm-hmm. it's going to be all over the place for games. They, I haven't heard them talk too much about content creation stuff. So I was, I was excited. I was re- refreshing all my feeds, being like, oh, I can't wait to look at content creation stuff. And unfortunately, there wasn't a 10 out there. Uh, I actually want to do my own testing <laughs> when, yeah. when, I, when I can buy a card. Um, but yeah, for, from what I did see, Linus had just a little bit. Um, uh, Epos Vox is kind of the one that, that did the most of it that i saw hardware canucks had, had a little bit too and it was uh it was it, it was kind of a yeah it was kind of another uh like mixed bag depending and, and interestingly enough where it did the best where the art cards did the best compared to amd and nvidia at that 
that range uh well and, and even punched uh, ahead of it was was photo so puji bench photoshop and lightroom both of them the intel had a way bigger advantage uh, he he had a, a 3060 and a 2080 vanilla or super i can't remember and and the intel cards be both of them in the the photo specific what, uh one side what cpu is he using Ooh, I, I can't remember. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, so and he was looking at the at the GPU scores for that, uh, too, as well. So, you know, and, and some of it's a wash. Da Vinci was like, eh, not really. And then, of course, Premiere, I mean, just loves in CUDA, uh, CUDA too much. So, you know, not not a ton there. But yeah, it, it was it was kind of interesting to see. At least the, the little bit that I did see that it was kind of a mixed bag over there, too, because I was hoping like, OK, yeah, you got AV1, you got these cool content creation stuff. I was hoping for like a big barrage of content creation stuff, but I guess I got to dig or, or do my own testing on it. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> again, like we were like we were talking about earlier, uh, it wasn't just me. Every viewer got very limited time. with oh, these. Of course, of course. So you I wouldn't be surprised if we see more content creation stuff come out in the coming days. But it's uh, what can I get done? by wednesday kind of a deal yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i think most people are going to focus on games anyway so i i i had expected that but yeah and yeah. you know yeah for the, as far Go as ahead. the content oh sorry i was going to say talking about content creation i i to me i think the just the reason why arc may do better in those couple you know puja things is because there you know there are things in in lightroom that are optimized for intel like they, Intel Angry Graphics will give you a boost over, you know, AMD sometimes. Yep. There's certain filter actions that, that sort of love Intel that sometimes like Intel IGP even. So that might be why. But I actually still want to do my ultimate fantasy test box is a Ryzen 7000 with a with the GeForce uh, 4090 and an ARC card next to it, A380. I'm going to take put the A380 because then you get, again, you're going to get... Uh, you're going to get QuickSync. You're going to get uh, Intel AV1. You're also going to get NVIDIA AV1, and as well as CUDA. And then you're going to get whatever goodness you're going to get out of Ryzen. So I, I think it might be very interesting. Plus, you're also well, going to get their media. Like, you're going to get all four media engines in one box. I actually asked Intel a bit about this during the briefing. I wasn't able to test it because I test on an AMD system. But a big part of the story when Arc launched in laptops is these are these are great creator systems because of all these deep link capabilities mm -hmm. that if you have the Intel CPU and the Intel discrete GPU, the Intel CPU can leverage the integrated graphics and all those media engines in there to do all kinds of cool new stuff like hypercompute and all kinds of other different stuff. Uh, I asked about, does that still apply to the desktop? Uh, and they said it doesn't really actually apply to the desktop, the majority of those deep link features, mm. uh, because the reason they work so well in laptops is because laptop GPUs are so much more bandwidth constrained and lower power. Uh, on the desktop, it's full fat GPUs, so most of those aren't applicable really. Like you might see some performance uh, improvements, but nothing to write home about like on laptops. Mm. But uh, Tom Peterson did say that hyperencode, the idea of encoding videos using the integrated CPU and the discrete GPU, you know, alternating frames taken at the same time, that should still work on desktops if you have an Intel system. I'm not sure what supports that yet. As I said, I test on an AMD system right now. So, <laughs> but hyperencode will still stick around. Yeah. Yeah. It, all, all interesting stuff for sure. It's a. Uh... 
but uh, yeah. I, I think we should, after this content creation, I think we should toss up that chart I sent you just to show people the range of uh, possibilities on this. Because I think that really, that one chart, it's kind of a mess, but it really drives home, you know, the real arc story. All right, yeah, I, I can show it now. Yeah. Uh, so what, what are we looking at then, Brad? So what we're looking at here is I tested, I fully tested the ARC A770, both in rebar off and rebar on mode. If you go to my review on PCWorld.com, you can see all the games have list, separate listings for both. What I did here is I included, this is me trying to sum up the best case, worst case scenario. So I included, these are one, two, three, four, five games that... You could choose to run them in either Vulkan or DirectX 12 or DirectX 11. So for the best case scenarios, I ran them with Rebar on and uh, DirectX 12 or Vulkan. Pardon me, at 1080p ultra resolution. So those long blue bars at the bottom are the best case scenarios for ARC in those games. Uh, The red bar is if you turn Rebar off. So just that alone, if you turn rebar off but are still using DirectX 12, you can see massive performance hits going from the blue bar to the red bar. Uh, After that, I flipped on DirectX 11 mode. So the green bars are it running in DirectX 11, and that's with rebar on. So if you have rebar off, these games all run slower than if you're running in DirectX 12 with rebar on. So that's how critical rebar is. And the purple bars are showing DirectX 11 with rebar off. So if you have like a 7th gen Intel system or an 8th gen, depending on your motherboard, and you're playing DirectX 11 games, that's the kind of performance you can expect to see. Uh, So in worst case scenarios, you're losing over half your performance if you don't have rebar and you're using DirectX 11. Hmm. Uh, The interesting bit to me was that F1 2020 result. I reran that test a bunch of different times. Because I'm like, it is significantly faster in DirectX 11 than it is in DirectX. <laughs> but it is what it is. For whatever reason, that's just the case. Which, again, speaks to the drivers just immature. being kind of weird. Immature drivers. Very immature. Yeah. Like green. Yeah. It's a hard green tomato. I feel like... But, but, but look at Shadow of the Tomb Raider there. It's 121 frames per second if you play DirectX 12 with rebar on. But if you play in DirectX 11, we'll rebar off. So if you drop this into a DirectX uh, 7th gen system and didn't know to switch over to DirectX 12, you are getting 55 frames compared to 121 at max. Like, it's that significant of a difference. Shadow of the Tomb Raiders is really this this kind of interesting, you know, benchmark that it feels like there's just a crap load of memory transfers going on or something. I yeah. like, I don't know why, like same thing, you know, AMD is like, Hey, by the way, check out our performance of shadows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is, you know, it's mm-hmm. really interesting. Somebody needs to do a deep dive yeah. in what's going on over but there. You you can also see it in watchdogs Legion. You can also see it in Metro Exodus. It's the same deal. F1 okay. 2020 is just over there having its own little party doing its own thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, I just I feel like, you know, my my review has tons of of charts, but that's the one I think that really nails why I can't recommend like just say, hey, go buy it because there are so many caveats included. I I feel I I really feel like uh, we should expect uh, a 770 re-review after one month, a 770 (laughs) re-review after two months, a 770 re-review after three months, you know, just because it's 
but you yeah. know, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a developing situation. I think the one month is because no one's got that kind of time to to do the. It feels like we come back in three months, but you know, again, that's tough. That's a hard ass to like. But this card is so unusual. This launch is so unusual, right? I mean, there's nothing where it's come out this rough out the gate, right? So, no. Like people who used to, Kyle Bennett actually put a tweet out earlier that made me laugh. Kyle Bennett from Hard OCP pops up in ears, but I guess on the show, he's like, "Yeah, it's funny." Uh, reading other reviews today, uh, I don't see anybody crapping on Radeon drivers anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I was thinking this morning too. I was like, "Oh, you know, like AMD's got the Zoidberg moment." It's like, "Hey, what about us?" Like, "Oh, you've been like, like we're glad Intel's here because now the Intel will be the low bar of drivers, you know, shipping drivers, right?" So. Anchor point got moved. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will say this has been a long meandering answer, but you asked me right off the bat, who is this for? Should you buy it? And I think if you were interested in turning on ray tracing, I think XCSS is gonna wind up in a bunch more games if you're willing to bet on that like Gordon is. Uh I think that's gonna be part of the future. If you mostly play new AAA games, like if your whole thing is, I want to go home, I want to play Cyberpunk, I want to play Hitman, I want to play whatever new games are coming out, the new Call of Duty, those AAA games are typically being built on DirectX 12 these days, and they should do pretty well in ARC. So if you're interested in building a gaming PC to mostly play those eye candy kind of games rather than older games or esports games or stuff like that, I think art could be a good option. If your chosen esports game is one of the ones, many of them now support DX12 or Vulcan, like Dota 2 supports Vulcan, Fortnite's DX12, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it could be a decent option. You're still going to have to deal with the drivers getting ironed out. But in general, in those sorts of games, like Arc punches way above its weight class. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's. Do you have any assessment here, Elena? What's your? You, would you recommend? Not recommend? Because I have one that I think is is kind of a usual, unusual Gordon take as as or usual Gordon take. You should buy a twenty eighty instead of an arc card. Is that what you're going to say? I want to ask everybody there. You mean like? Are you asking me? Should you buy it now? Or should you buy it in general? Who is it for? Yeah, just I mean, like, what's your like? Excuse, because the thing is, we we're we're basically recommendation experts. Would you recommend this to anybody? What's your recommendation for people on this? Which, I mean, I I mean, especially since it is October fifth, I would definitely say to people, if you can wait until November, wait until November, because right. I mean, as you, if you're in the U.S., obviously not everybody does the whole Black Friday blowout thing worldwide. It's started to spread other parts of the world, but it's not the same as it is here. But if you live in the United States and it's in the middle, we're getting to uh, November in just, you know, a month, we start to see sales starting these days. Sales start already, you know, at the beginning of the month, not even at the very end on Thanksgiving. So if you could afford to wait, you know, wait, see what the pricing is like. You know, I was actually hoping that Intel would come out a little bit stronger out the gate because that would put pricing pressure on the other companies. Uh, so I don't know if we're going to see huge, huge drops in as a response to this, but I just think in general, uh, we could just see some price drops because of the general market with graphics cards and the fact that it is that whole Black Friday, uh, Black November, whatever they're calling it now, uh, thing. And then 
that also gives Intel some time to still work on their drivers. So, I mean, if we see some improvements that make it a much more palatable card, that also could contribute to whatever decision-making happens in a month or so. But I think in general, so honestly, this is a bit of a tangent, but I thought it was so funny that NVIDIA was just like, you know what's our playbook? We're going to just drop some news about our cards on this day of this launch. And I was like, I get it. But these are so different, the class of cards. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're so different, right? Like, if I'm 4090 unboxing, right? Yeah. Like, if, I, if I'm interested in a $300 card, I mean, it's cool to see a $1,000 plus card, but that has like actually no relevance on my life <laughs> yeah. and what I'm gonna buy. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. much of a power the play. Cards, because the yeah. cards that I care about won't be out as you know, for another six months or so at least, right? So, I'm just like, great. I'll maybe see that in six months. Maybe I won't. So, I don't know. I just think it's hilarious that for people in this mid-range, it feels terrible to say this to them, honestly. I was thinking about this because we have said for so long now, like, what? It's been at least two years. We keep saying to this group, keep waiting. Keep waiting. Wait for ARC. Wait for this. Wait for that. Because there just hasn't been super great options for people. And the options that exist are getting kind of long in the tooth at this point relative to the high end so i hate to say it but if you can keep waiting <laughs> please do <laughs> hashtag continue to wait well my my take here is that i you know because a lot of people they ask for advice and for the average like if i'm giving recom- buying recommendations to my my kids friends your just safe bet is do nvidia honestly because i mean nvidia is the largest GPU maker because for a reason, the experience, a lot of people love the brand. It's solid over the time. That's just going to give you overall a very, very solid experience. And then, you know, and if you're on a budget, then AMD is like, that is a really good, good buy. Right. But like with all of these issues that you have mentioned today, certainly could not recommend to any like beginning gamers, first time builders, well, beginning gamers that they even entertain buying this card because it's just way he takes. And I, I think that's not good, but you know, those average people you, you that you're giving solid buying advice to, they should, they should have a smooth experience. They should play games because that's what they want to do and not worry about all this other downloading drivers crap. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's bad, but you know, honestly, <laughs> then, I'm, but I sort of think for the other classes, like, you know, advanced is for you an advanced person again, you know, like, look, or 6600 is not going to get any better. It's not going to get any faster. Or you're not going to get any advanced XCSS stuff. Like you, I, I can FSR honestly say, too. yeah, but it's not going to, you know, but is it going to really, yeah. you, you can't, you, you can't go high if you don't start low. And, you know, fortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, ARC is so low. The high is really high they can get to. So I would think, honestly, for an advanced gamer that can deal with downloading drivers and is willing to, to do some of the stuff, well, the, you know, that the future promise of all this advanced feature set on a, on a next generation card with next generation, you know, you know, outputs and everything is, I, I could say for the advanced gamer, yeah, it's, it's might be worth the risk that more so. So I, I sort of see it both mm-hmm. ways, but yeah, the 80% of just, I just want to play this game and I have problems. No, please buy NVIDIA number one, number two by Radeon, right? I mean, that's, Depends what you're shooting for. I actually, if you're looking for 1080p performance, I recommend the Radeon RX. No, I know, but you're, you know, again, yeah. that's that's based on yeah. the. I think for 
you know, raw performance, which I don't, when I think of like the average kid, I think, mm-hmm. you know, raw performance is one thing, smooth, you know, trouble-free experience is another. And, you know, mm-hmm. I know people say in AMD Radeon drivers have gotten a lot better. They have gotten a lot better, but NVIDIA is still the drivers are still the, you know, the gold standard for drivers, right? And they they have had rough problems, but I mean, for the kid, I, I'm just saying for the yeah. advanced user, for the kids, I can, see, so, I can see an upside, a lot of upside here. I have a question for you, a fun question for the kid. So for the yeah. kid who just wants to put this in his box and play some games, he has $350, two GPUs new in the box, both slightly faster than 3060, depending what you're talking about. GTX 1080 Ti or RK770, Gordon? <laughs> I, you know, I would do, you know, at that point, I would take ARC, honestly. Uh, no, he's oh, for a kid? Lie. No, for yeah, a kid. for the kid, the guy you're talking about. No, I would like, for that kid, it's like, uh, come on. 1080 Ti is still a beast of a get card. Get off your lazy yeah. butt, go mow some grass and buy a 3060, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Get the other $80 and buy a 3060. Oh, what do you God. like? Come on. What are you about 1080 t- Dude, 1080 Ti, man. That's still you know, a I'm sorry. Card. It's ridiculous. I had to bring it back. I had no, to bring it back. Still a grand thing. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm totally drafting Joe Montana. You want Joe Montana on this team? Um, no, Joe Montana would get crushed today. He couldn't even get onto the field. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. Just, it's ridiculous. I insight into what Gordon's like as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> Who are so, just like... Making you make do with a thing where you're like, oh, I saved up my money and I put it down. And dad says that I should get this card because there's growth potential. But now my games are stuttering and I don't like this at all. Dad says he won't take me back to the store and return it because it builds my character. I, come on. You, you, you don't want to. I voted for A770. I'm, 1080 Ti is not. I'm. I, what the hell, man? Oh, man. Jeez, these people are ridiculous sometimes with this 1080 Ti talk. I, I, I think awesome. it's a fair question when you talk about driver stability and all that stuff. But uh, we have been talking a lot of negative about this because it is a roller coaster. That was the headline for my piece, a roller coaster ride to yeah. new generation. But don't lose sight. There is a lot of promise. There is a lot of really, really good stuff here from Intel. Like and XESS looks awesome. That DX12 and Vulcan performance looks great, you know, in games that it does. Uh, I do believe DirectX 11 performance will get better. I believe rebar performance will get better. How much better? Who knows? Uh, you're going to have to deal with driver issues. But if you take a step back and just look at everything, like I think this is a competitive graphics card minus the driver woes that you know makes me very encouraged for the future. I think yeah. second gen arc is going to be much more capable out of the box. Uh, I, I think third gen by third gen, I would be shocked if it's not a full out three way brawl. So like, don't lose sight of the forest for the trees on this. Even if it's something that we can't wholeheartedly recommend to somebody, I think this is a very strong first effort from NVIDIA and yeah. the Intel. things that it was trying to hit in Intel. And <laughs> I'm so used to saying NVIDIA, I know. uh, and the things it was trying to hit ray tracing performance, you know, those modern APIs, it hit them and it hit them fuck. Uh, hit him hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it did nice. hit him effing hard. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I I was gonna say, Brad, that I do think that 
I mean, Intel has a slight disadvantage in that they, because they took a while to launch, the expectations, like what they're, what the comparison is, is just that much more difficult for them to surmount because, you know, them coming into it as like something super brand new, being compared to something that has a lot of polish and like uh, just standing expertise at this point because of the you know how long they they've been doing this for just makes the contrast that much sharper right where it's like hey you can get this card that has this polished experience or you've got this like first gen stuff because you know honestly i mean i think it's not a straight analogy because i think when ryzen first launched it was still way more polished you know that you know you had like the minor you know ram issue type stuff but it relatively speaking right it wasn't quite like this but at the same time first gen is always rougher right like it's always going to have some stuff to work out and then when you have the contrast like this it just makes it even harder for them to like overcome that perception they have to work that much harder so yeah it's really unfortunate that it did get delayed by like a year because I think if these had come out a year ago when the 3060s were selling for $700, they could have priced mm-hmm. this thing at four or $500. And it's still like, hey, you know, I'll buy this for 400 bucks and I can deal with 150 frames per second in CSGO and the occasional crash because I'm not spending $800 on a 3060. So I think the timing and everything just really didn't work out for them. But there is a lot of good stuff here. Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, it feels solid. I mean, not solid, but it, it, it actually feels like a foundation. A foundation, and the launch is way more successful than it was looking like two to three months ago, where it was like kind of really yeah. scary. So now it's like, okay, I, I get it, right? And that's why you always want to wait for reviews. Yep, there you go. You want to wait for official pricing announcement, because all that <laughs> stuff makes a huge difference. Definitely, <sighs> definitely. Uh, well, before we move on, I do have some super chats to get to, so I'm sorry I've been neglecting them. Uh, VC Jester gave us a $5 super chat. Thank you so much. Said, uh, Gordon, be like, screw Led Zeppelin, go with Cardi B. She's the new hotness. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> let me tell you, if, and I'm not really a huge Here we go. You know, Cardi B fan, but... <laughs> If I'm looking at like a bunch of ancient old geezers on the stage, yeah, that whole like reminiscing tour stuff is kind of fun. But like if they've lost their voice and they sound terrible, like uh, I'll listen to the CD I got instead. I, I would rather go listen to something more modern than well, somebody's on the top of their game. You know, I mean, I, it's just like you don't want ancient old things and like, yeah, you know what? That was an amazing thing. But it's it's well past his prime. I think the athlete I think the athlete comparison makes a lot more man. sense. Sorry. Gordon hates Led Zeppelin. I had no idea. Here, yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you hit you hit 30 and out out the Would you really like want to go see let Do you want to go see your favorite band play when you're like and it just reminds you every day that like I'm glad they hung it up? Like if you're like they're off key and they can't like you would just like it's just heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking Dang. to be reminded. He, he's like, saying a 1080 Ti how much, how much just I pay doesn't for those play tickets. games well. What? <laughs> how much did I pay for those tickets? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, right. Yeah, and Gordon's right. I remember the Who on the Super Bowl halftime show like a decade ago, and I'm just like, oh man, no, this shouldn't have happened. Right, because you like it's like it just destroys your memories. But the 1080 Ti yeah. is not like that. <laughs> It's what do you still, mean? It still yeah, plays games really, really well. Yeah, but you people like <laughs> you put it up on this pedestal. Like you're recommending. Like I'm sorry if I'm in a like 1080 Ti versus making a you know doing a paper route and then buying a 3060 Ti. Like come on, that wasn't the option. You're doing a disservice to the person buying it wasn't the ancient old hardware. That is just. I also like that Gordon is so willing to farm people out for labor. 
How are you yeah. listening to everybody who says, like, we don't have enough workers at our local McDonald's? I, oh, as a fellow dad, that's the reason you have kids. I'm just afraid if we don't get, because I got a, I got this chart. For, I made it specifically for Elena. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. VC gets Chester, thank you. You gave us another $5 super chat and said, wait, uh, Gordon, why is your, your uh, garage full of boxes if you don't like old stuff? Yeah, you know, I I like old stuff, but I'm not going to tell anybody to buy old stuff. Like, it's a memory. It's like, wow, you remember that time? It's really cool. But, you know, I'm not like, oh, hey, what should I go buy? Uh, no, you don't want to like you want to like, oh, do you really want to buy this 1980 Chevette? Uh, no. It's just, I'm sorry. It's just, we're, we're past those days. All right. Sorry. Super chat. Uh, five pounds from uh, Space Channel 5. Uh, thank you so much. Said, uh, as game as yeah, no. Uh, as game developers, we don't use DX12 or whatever. We just bake it in. Uh, you make a game and bake it in. If Unity or Unreal Engine 5 does it, then whenever, whatever. So, right. That's true. And then, yeah. you know, that again, there, that's the nice thing is um, those engines are all, you know, again, Intel's got a massive uh, <laughs> software development army, so... Uh, and then uh, uh, Coffee gave us uh, five Canadian dollars. Thank you so much. Said, uh, I have a, a 3060 Ti in my Plex server. Would be fun to switch to an Intel GPU just for fun and uh, also support a third player. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Space Channel 5 also gave us five dollar or five pound uh, earlier than that. Said, feels like uh, one of those tinkering cards, same as Vega. Wonder who is in charge. Will be fun, but for gamers, just uh, get the RX 6000. Uh, and then, oh, they gave us another five, five pounds. Super chat said, uh, think he, think they did an okay job for first gen. Quite good. Decent at some productivity and not bad at modern games. Good looking cards. Uh, so yeah. And then, uh, I will finish out this poll. I'm, I'm a little surprised uh, to tell you the truth between, uh, a, a 770 and a 1080 Ti at the same price, uh, 212 people, uh, voted and the A770 got 58%. So there you go. There you go. Uh, half half the chest with oh, more, more than half the, the chest. Field, with Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Clap for you. Wow. What you know what? You're gonna get you're gonna like end up in the hospital out there. Do not get out in that field. Gordon, that still means 41% still would buy a 1080 Ti. So that's not how democracy works in the United States. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if my kid's buying a graphics card, I want my kid to have one that doesn't require me to suffer through driver issues. <laughs> <laughs> Tech support. Uh, well, you know what won't have driver issues, or maybe it will. I don't know. Uh, Intel 13th gen. Yeah, sorry, bad bad transition. But uh, man, th- this it feels old and stale news to us. But uh, we did the full nerd last Monday for the Ryzen 7000, and then Gordon and I went down to in- Intel Innovation uh, down in South Bay to to hear about uh, 13th gen. Uh, the not the full details, but a lot of details around it. Uh, and we haven't talked about it on the full nerd, so l- l- let's bring it up. And and you've had some some thoughts since then too. Yeah, Gordon. I'll bring it up. I mean, you know, the nice thing is you got a little time to make it um, stew in your head. Uh, I'm just going to point out there basically are three new CPUs launched: uh, i9 13900K, 589, uh, 24 cores. That's 8 plus 16. There's a KF version, whatever. I don't. I want the IGP. There's a i7 thir- uh, 13700K, 409, 16 cores. That's an 8 plus 8. There's also a KF version of that, and also the Core i5 13 uh, 13600K, 14 cores, 6 plus 8. 319. That's actually the only chip in the line that actually gets a price bump. They all three increase on on base DDR5, 5600, you know, overclock memory that's supported. 
Uh, clocks are, you know, pretty decent, but I want to bring this up because I know Elaine has got to go, which is, um, I, you know, the prices, you know, the three parts, but I want to point out this chart I haven't used in a while. It's the, it's the bucks per core, buck per core chart. I made this way back in like the Threadripper kind of like rising days when AMD was crushing on just giving tremendous value on the democratized democratize cores for all by giving everybody really, really affordable eight core CPUs. So uh, this chart is, has been updated. I've also put the year of introduction in there for the part that uh, they might, it's pretty close. I just basically went and started look for, you know, year of year of release. And then I also put in the original launch price. I'm not looking at street prices and some of these things rapidly change. I eliminated a lot of the older CPUs that I just don't think really matter anymore, but I did keep a few highlights that I like for my, my personal favorite that will always be there and will always be that, that, um, sort of like (laughs) that joke at Intel's expense is a core i7 6950X Broadwell E from 2026, 2016 for $1,723. That was a essentially $172.30 per core, right? I mean, that was kind of nutty. Um, yeah, and of it was course, the year that uh, for the GPU rewards, we voted for no CPU. We voted for no CPU because that was it. Intel's only choice was to compete with itself. There was no Ryzen. Of course, Ryzen really shook it up the next year. But I think what's really interesting when you look at this chart is, you know, AMD with this, and I, I know AMD, uh, I know Elena is biting her tongue, but I think, look at the top of this list, right? The top of the list in, in, in bucks per core, again, this is simple metrics of launch price, you know, how many cores you get, physical cores. Um, the, the the top end part is the Core i5-13600K, which is giving you 14 cores for $22.79. And then after that, Core i9-13900K for $24.54. And then after that, Raptor Lake again, all three parts. Core i7 13700K, 16 cores for $25.56. And then from there, it's Alder Lake. And then if you look at the new uh, Ryzen 7000 parts, they're, you know, like dollars per core, which was, you know, really was a big deal when the original Ryzen's came out because they, they just flipped Intel on its back and, and, and crushed Intel based on the, on the price. Look at where's the where's the first seven thousand part on there? I don't even like seventy nine fifty. Yeah, seventy nine fifty x for forty three dollars and sixty nine cents a core, right? And and it's because it's pretty expensive at six ninety nine, right? You're not getting a lot of cores. Sixteen cores, forty three dollars. It really, it really just kind of goes to show you that Intel's hybrid design with you know P cores, E cores. When you are looking for maximum core value, which a lot of consumers do, is has really changed it, you know? So we, now, go ahead. We, I, we do have a question before we, we continue this, and, and this popped up on our 13th gen video from, from last week uh, that you did. Uh, is this accurate pricing, Gordon? Because some people are saying this is trade pricing and not street pricing, that actual well, street know. pricing has gone up. Well, you know, again... You have to remember, uh, street pricing is goes up, demand goes up, and Newegg's automatic pricing engine, they automatically add money on there. They've done this for a long, long, long time. But I will tell you, three to four months, you're, the actual, once the sort of initial demand is sated, shaded, whatever, I can't even pronounce Say it shaded? at this point, sh- sated. Okay. All our that, are heavy. <laughs> that 
eventually trade pricing is where things eventually typically settle down to. So I think like the yep. whole, oh my God, that's, I mean, it's been that way for, I mean, 20 years. Trade pricing is where it's going to eventually get down to, right? So okay. I, yeah. I think that's just asking. irrelevant. Just asking. So I don't consider that. But I think, of course, Elena is going to um, give her representation <laughs> here. I know she wants to say it. She's going to say it. People in the chat have already been saying it. Elena, right. what, what do you want to say? Look, I am not saying that you shouldn't count them entirely. I I just think that saying that an E core is exactly the same should pricing averaging out the cost across P and E cores flat, I think is a slightly skewed impression of the value you're getting for because they're not the same thing. The hype the, the hybrid architecture is not the same thing as, you know, AMD's architecture right now. Uh, so it's like it was funny because I asked Gordon this and I wasn't like I wasn't in the frame of mind to like caveat it. And so, of course, Gordon's just like, oh, God, here we go. Internet. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not representing like the it, Internet here. I put the I, thing up I, in the, within 10 seconds. I legitimately am the kind of person where if I'm at the store and they have like a package deal and some of that package is like high premium product and other part of that package is like standard issue product, like in my head, I am doing the calcula- value calculation of like how much of this total cost do I like actually prescribe to this part versus this part. And then I do like the calculation of like per ounce or what per unit or whatever, right? I know I'm not the only person who thinks this way. So given that Intel has the hybrid architecture, don't get me wrong, I still love this chart, but I feel like Intel's hybrid architecture is making this chart not the straightforward fun thing it used to be. That's all I'm saying. So you're saying yeah. that it's no fun when Intel has more cores per dollar. Is what is that is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I mean, because let me tell you, it was nothing it was the funnest thing in the world to just drag Intel through the mud over that, you know, that 10 core Broadwell E. And then when 1800X came out, and then they had these like, look at this. There's one part that I left on here the Core i9 9980XE Skylake X 2018, 18 cores for $1,979. <laughs> right. And it was like, <laughs> and you can see that is like, that is just, that's horrible. a deal though. It's a deal compared to Broadwell E. Well, because that part was particular, is embarrassing in a lot of ways because it was like, oh, actually, the tenth gen version of this version, we're going to cut the price in half, right? Because they were getting <laughs> slaughtered <laughs> by AMD, and it was so much fun to just jump on their head all day over this. But suddenly, because Raptor Lake and Alder Lake are giving you more cores per dollar, it's suddenly no no fun. I'm just I just want to make sure that's not the reason. No, I'm just saying this is not dissimilar to when we talk about benchmark charts and how, you know, you so, you know, you can actually uh, when you ha- when you set up the uh, what is it? I, I also can't you think of zero today. out. You got to zero yeah. out. Like when you have like a M, M, uh, what is it? A slightly skewed way of putting the data on there. When it's like, look at this like difference between sixty-two frames per second and sixty-four because of how you set up your chart. Like, and give a slightly skewed perception versus when it's like actually metered out at like say like every ten frames or whatever, right? And that's this like random example I'm giving. So I kind of feel like this is a little bit similar 
in the sense that because we're not comparing true apples to apples anymore, you're not getting quite the same like perception because you can look at this chart now and you can say like, oh, my God, like, look how expensive Ryzen parts have gotten, which is not a wrong thing to say compared to their the previous generations. But at the same time, you can't exactly just say that as a flat statement in comparison to something like, you know, 13600K now because it's a it's, they're not the same exact thing well, anymore so but uh, I, i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, play devil's avocado with gordon here just because it'd be fun <laughs> but what if 13th gen comes out and in cinebench it scores the exact same score sure some of those cores are e cores some of those cores are p cores and amds are all p cores but if if the cinebench number is the exact same why why should that matter well i i think it matters and actually I actually fully agree with Elena's perspective here. I'm just having fun with it because I, <laughs> I do think for people who, you know, if you're, if you watch YouTube videos on hardware, you're not the normal person. Uh, I, I think that the actual normal person that goes in and they look at a box in a store or they're looking at an ad on the website and you see uh, 24 cores versus 16 cores. They're not going to go, oh, you know, the hybrid architecture, what is that? I, I just think, it, and it does work very much like if it said, like, honestly, Intel 6 gigahertz, who cares what that compares? Because, I mean, I you can't really compare Intel 6 gigahertz with Ryzen 6 gigahertz, right? It's like they're on different scales because every every product, and it's just one of those cynical marketing, marketing things that people push because the average consumer looks at it. So I do think the core count works there, honestly, from a very cynical point of view from marketing. But I also think, you know, again, uh, we just had this video with with Ian uh, Cutters at uh, Tech Tech Potato. By the way, go over there, like, subscribe, and smash the <laughs> bell button. I think what hybrid enabled Intel to do was, one, we get to market more cores, which works really, really well on the average consumer. And that's 90% of humans that buy computers. And two, it lets them be very competitive with AMD. AMD is on leading edge. Multitasking, especially. Yeah, multitasking. But they're on very they're on very expensive leading edge process from TSMC, which costs them money. And we are able to hang with our Intel Seven, you know, which, uh, you know, it lets them still hang with with AMD for the most part. And that is honestly a win because you know they are behind in process still in a lot of ways. So. I, I think I want to come in here with a middle ground insight. Okay. Because I think you're both right. I think Can't this be. is still a valuable chart because it is bucks per core and those are physical cores. And I think there is, you know, efficiency cores being a caveat. And I think that makes the most difference on the high end because AMD uses all big cores. So 12 big cores, 24 threads in the 7900X is in some things might be faster than the 3900K because that only has eight performance cores with 16 efficiency cores. Although the efficiency cores are a lot better than you think. Much more so with the 7950X where it's 16 big cores because, again, the 13900K tops out at eight performance cores. But if you go down the stack, the Ryzen 7600X gives you six big cores. The the 13600K gives you those six big cores plus eight efficiency cores on top of that. So that's a very worthwhile thing. It's the same deal with the 13, uh, 13700K. That has the same eight performance cores as the Ryzen 7700X does, but then it has the eight efficiency cores on top of that. So you can just look at the efficiency cores as a little extra when it comes to those mid-tier products. Yeah. 
And you know, it's it's, it's funny because it we had this sort of similar problem with Ryzen 5000 versus Alder Lake is, you know, honestly, you could argue 5950X was a better part for, you know, multi-core loads than 12900K and a lot of things, right? Because it was, it was outperforming it uh, by, you know, a fair amount in some things. Uh, And 12900K couldn't really hang with it, but, you know, it had that advantage in, in lightly threaded. At the top end, they were very much like socket power limited, right? They can like the next, you'd have to go to a big socket to really sort of get more out of these parts. But down at like i5, i5, 12600K destroyed Ryzen 5000. 5600. I mean, it just crushed 5600X. Like, and like, it's pretty rare to say, like, yeah, you definitely should buy 12600K. Like, that was my solid recommendation. Like, why would you buy 5600X yeah. if you're doing all these other things? If you're, you know, simply playing games. That's another thing. But now you're looking at 14 versus six again. I mean, I, yeah, I think it's going to, it's not going to be great for, for uh, that, that mid range Ryzen, right? That's Intel yeah. really is kind of killing it at that, that like I five, I seven kind of range. Yeah. And that's the reason I think it's what I was saying is the middle ground thing. Cause you're both right. But I think the, the real truth there is that, Intel is offering you a lot in those core i7, core i5 SKUs. Like, you are getting 14 cores. Those efficiency cores are a lot better than you think they were. They were last generation, right. at least. I'm sure this generation will be even faster. So, for sure. That's going to help a lot in the multi core workloads. Based on also some feedback from the chat, I just want to establish that this is me not commenting on the value of these chips no. in general. This is just strictly me being super nitpicky about like this specific chart and what it's showing. <laughs> That's why we're yeah. all reviewers, because we are nitpicky as crap. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the reason, you know, honestly, I stopped using it probably when we around the time of 5,000 because you couldn't get 5,000. The value kind of was weird because it was not available and the prices were jacked up. Because well, yeah, you used to do street pricing instead of launch. Pr- yeah, or like I tried MSRP, to do street so. pricing. It got really messy and, you know, it was, it made a lot more sense, you know, four years ago, five years ago. Today, yeah, it's not as applicable. I'm, you know, I'm likely, I'm, I'm probably not going to use this chart in the review, but honestly, you know, I, I just, you know, it's just fun to do. It's a fun little exercise because it's stupid. It's like, it's like I saw somebody talking about like, you know, oh, a dollar per frame per second. Like which CPU is better or whatever. I mean, I don't even know how you could even, how do you even qualify that? Because it's like, there's so many different games, so many different things. It's, it's kind of one of those silly games that reviewers try, you're trying to get a perspective on it and trying to give consumers a perspective on it. So, but to me, that i5 is, is and then i7 are, are going to really, that's the truth of it is they're going to rock amd i think right yeah we're going to have to wait for reviews obviously but just based off of what we already know about alder lake and how it performed and all this and what we now know about ryzen 7000 like elena did a really good 7600x review the other day and your takeaway is you know this is a screaming part but when you factor in the whole platform costs like it costs a lot uh right it's going to be the same thing with Intel 13th gen, but I believe you can reuse the motherboards from last gen, although most yeah. people aren't upgrading from last gen. But regardless of the fact, they give you those 14 cores, six performance cores, plus the eight bonus efficiency cores, and Intel is still allowing you to use DDR4 with the right mm-hmm. motherboard. Yeah. So that in addition, like that's why I think Gordon's chart still speaks very well to value. Take the whole picture in. 
Although I am curious, chat, uh, a couple of people in the chat proposed this, and I'm curious to get everybody's thoughts on this, which is, uh, is it more fair now to actually just look at uh, cost per thread instead of per core? I mean, they'd, and they'd probably still end up doing decent. I, I actually, at one point, I did per core and per, th- and it just, it gets, it gets, it gets a little hairy after a while yeah. you know but I, mean, it, I also think hairy but but again we just spent 15 minutes talking about this i mean it's just very much like and again um when you see the big sticker that says 14 cores or x amount of 24 cores then people understand cores when you like put 24 threads you're like what i is this like some kind of sheet 400 thread count i, I don't think people get that i think it's the normal consumer. So I, I, I think it really does have a lot of sway with normal consumer that will never, ever watch any of these videos or understand that unless they talk to their nerd friends. Like Elena at a party. She's really fun at a party. Well, you really need to think about your e-core versus people oh, I just bought this thing. You're going to make me feel bad. <laughs> I'm just saying, Gordon, when I shop for sheets, I'm like 800 is more than 400. I guess I'm going to get those sheets. No, but you know, I'm I'm with you though, Lane, because sometimes you go like, oh, it's got this. I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, wait, you're only putting like five large of the large boxes, but the other ones are the small. I don't want the small, you know, like you get the, at Costco, they'll box it up. Like you get the stuff you don't <laughs> want, box exactly up with the stuff you want. No, but you know, I get it. It's, 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 it makes it really complicated. And that's why this is just psychology. A, it's just a fun exercise, but it, it really is, is, has no well, application. I think to, in, Intel put out a slide as part of this presentation that I thought really like drove home. This is going to be a fight, I think. Uh, 13th gen versus Ryzen 7000. Uh, if you look at the 13600K, it has four more cores. All these are the exact same amount of threads and cores because they're efficiency cores. But four more cores, and it's 200 megahertz faster. The 13700K has four more efficiency cores, and it's the big cores are 400 megahertz faster. And on the 13900K, it's eight more efficiency cores, which is a ridiculously huge amount if you're doing multi-threaded workloads. And that's 600 megahertz faster. So, like, yeah. we're getting lost in the nuance here, but these look like a pretty sizable gain by Intel if oh. everything that's looking like on paper is true. Especially since the prices good. didn't go up, right? A lot of yeah. people expected the prices to move up a bit, but yeah. they didn't go. Going to be no. a good slugfest. Uh, yeah, the, the 13600K and KF went up by 30 bucks. But if you're truly getting that much more performance and you can still go to DDR4 and et cetera, et cetera, like that's worth it. And we'll, general, we'll have to wait and see, but my gut says it'll be worth it. Yeah. Again, going back to the whole, especially at that tier or that class of chip, like uh, the fact that because you're supposed to be able to use existing chipset boards with it, like there's just more choice around that, which means there's more competition, better pricing. Um, like B650 is pretty expensive, honestly, for what you get. Like, don't get me wrong. Like some of the price or sorry, some of the boards that we've seen and the prices, like you're getting a good board, but you're still spending like well over 120 like you're, they said they would start at 125 but i think realistically right now you're still looking at spending around 175 to 200 for a board so it's not when you're in that price range that matters when you're talking about like the 7950x range like another 100 bucks uh you know 
not great, but you're probably like, whatever, I'm going to expense this or I, I really love hardware. I'm just going to commit to it. But kind of like what we were talking about just with the, you know, Intel Arc stuff, like when you're down in this price range, 50 bucks actually makes a difference. That could be a nicer storage or a nicer SSD. It could yep. be more RAM. You know, you can put that money somewhere. Or if you're Gordon's kids, you could not mow three more lawns. (laughs) (laughs) Babysit, do some babysitting. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, (laughs) I do have a couple other thought exercises. Oh, wait, wait. Are you about to, are you you all too, like, should you buy 1800X? Because, I mean, 18, Ryzen 7 1800X was an amazing CPU. So we should buy it now, right? You're sorry to break it to you. Brad is still using an 1800X. (laughs) So you probably, yeah, you probably don't want to bring that up. Uh, (laughs) Where do you buy it now, though? (laughs) Uh, VC Jester uh, gave us another $5 super chat. Thank you so much. Said, uh, uh, which would you rather have eight strong men with 16 trained monkeys or 16 strong men? (laughs) Eight strong men with 16 trained monkeys. Or 16 strong men. Well, it depends well I on guess the it task. depends what we're talking about. Yeah, on the task. Yeah, but in do. general, I love the idea of a bunch of dudes hanging out with even more monkeys. So <laughs> it's kind of bad. Yeah, I, I, I'm really leaning toward eight. Yeah, the eight plus sixteen. The sixteen monkeys well, can be a really be a force. I, I just picture I just picture a room full of dudes and monkeys just like cracking well, beers, watching a football game, hooting and hollering. I mean, yeah, I guess it depends on what you're doing. Like, you know what? You know what? Look, we need to clean this elephant pit up. Everybody start picking up poo, start throwing it. Those 16 train monkeys are going to really be amazing at that. You know, but and he, then you get the eight people with the shovels. That we're going to claim this elephant pit right now. So I'm 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 going to I'm going to uh, twist this a little bit because I think it's 16 strong men versus eight strong women and 16 strong trained trained monkeys because eight strong men does not imply that they're that smart. And they that they can actually uh, guide the trained monkeys around. So I'm gonna I'm gonna change it. Eight strong women. They're still strong, but they're also smarter and can use those trained monkeys more effectively. Oh yeah, definitely. They <laughs> then that, that that really changes it because I mean, not I don't want to offend anybody because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take that risk here. But <laughs> since women are generally smarter than dudes, knowing it because that's how it works in my life that I know. Like those monkeys would be like, you know, like, hey, yes, ma'am. And they're like, they will clean up that elephant pit immediately. So that's, <laughs> I think that that's stuff, that's definite. Also, uh, Warren, friend of the show, Warren, uh, gave us a 10 Canadian dollar super chat. Thank you so much. Said Ian would prefer 32 train monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think e-cores are feeling bad. They're being compared to, to, uh, train monkeys throwing poo out of the elephant pit, but <laughs> They're pretty good. They are actually pretty good. A lot of people dump on them, but they are better than you think. Uh, monkeys? Uh, or, no. <laughs> both. Why not both? <laughs> Speaking of dumping on people, uh, Conan the Librarian gave us a uh, $4.99 super chat. Thank you so much. Said, uh, first, Gordon sa- first Gordon doesn't... Uh, I'm sorry. First Gordon says my CPU doesn't matter because it's not on his books per thread chart. And then he calls me weird for watching hardware videos. What the hell, Gordon? Uh, how rude. Uh, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say weird. We're just, you know, we're not, we know we're not normal people. 
to like, oh, I gotta watch, I gotta watch Gamers Nexus Arc video this morning, right? That's not, that's not average people. So, uh, also, uh, uh, Fatuous uh, gave us a ten dollars super chat. Thank you so much. Said an efficiency core from Intel is roughly equal to a Skylake core in terms of performance, but also uses less die area. The added cache for Gracemont and high ring speed for Raptor Lake will be nice. Uh, you, you and Ian actually talked about it in your hybrid CPU. Uh, architecture design uh, about how those efficiency cores are essentially skylight cores, right? Or performance-wise, yeah, not I mean, exactly. Everybody's kind of yeah. rough, like yeah, you know, like it because everybody expected Atom, but they're really not Atom, but Atom kind of like performance, but they actually were ended up being skylight like, which was really nice. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Coffee gave us uh, another five Canadian Super Chat. Thank you so much. Said, uh, Raptor Lake only has up to 16 lanes of PCIe 5. Where am I supposed to install a Gen 5 NVMe SSD? Yeah, it's, you know, I think they're probably going to do split offs where you do, I mean, again, this, do you really need more than eight lanes of Gen 5, which is 16 lanes of Gen 4 for your graphic card? No, and by the way, you're running a 4090, so who cares, right? It doesn't matter since you're only Gen 4 limited. Um, it is it is a bummer they didn't add more lanes um, for Gen 5, you know, like to have... I know everybody wants 16 native, and then you want additional lanes, for. but realistically, it doesn't matter. And I would imagine they did that to be compatible, because remember, um, Raptor Lake is drop-in with... Drop-in compatible with Alder Lake, so no changes. If they like, hey, we're adding all these other whiz-bangs, then... You know, then it could be messy for board makers. Uh, and then, yeah, okay. Well, and anything else on thirteenth gen? Uh, did, did did they say when it's coming out? I can't remember. Mm, I don't really know, so I'm not going to say anything because I'm probably going to screw I, something up. I don't. Think I, so. I, I, I well, I'm under. I'm not under embargo, and you I know what it is. Uh, on the press, they actually have a press release where they said October twentieth is when chips are supposed to launch oh yeah says that in the verge too there you go okay yeah. good october 20th you'll find out on the 20th <laughs> you'll find out there's on a, the 20th press release from intel specifically on this so i know that i'm in the clear <laughs> i sometimes think that a little bit because there's been a lot of like oh people aren't buying ryzen 7000 i do wonder if people are like you know what i'm gonna wait because they're so close then i think people are going to make their buying decisions afterwards oh yeah I, so i agree but i also think it's a recession and yes. it's going to be a rough quarter for everybody oh yeah that is the other <laughs> yeah. thing that people are not yeah people have to remember that uh spending money on toys you don't need is something you don't do in bad times yeah so. uh that's okay. why i still have the 1800x <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. going to be about 1080 ti yeah uh, okay i'm going to switch over to viewer q a if, if you have uh any questions in the chat right now uh put them in and at at pc world uh so i can see them easier uh if you're listening or watching this later uh put it over on our, our full nerd Dix discord there is a uh, a link in the description go over there we got a bunch of fine folks uh and we will hopefully get to them in the next show uh the first question wasn't really a question but it was a super chat that i'm forming into a question from uh bat tech uh, who gave us uh five canadian dollars thank you so much said micro center is literally giving away free ddr5 kits to try and sell new amd cpus right 7,000. Not a, uh, is this not a good sign uh, that they aren't selling CPUs well? Or is this a sign that they aren't selling CPUs well? Yeah, obviously. I mean, you don't give away free stuff to get people to buy it um, unless things aren't like flying off the shelves. But there's a lot of, I mean, again, as Brad just said, recession, by the way, we're, we're technically, we've been in one despite what people are 
trying to claim otherwise. The other thing is you got to remember people who are hating on NVIDIA, there are a lot of 5,000 parts out there. There are a lot of 5,000 parts out there at really, really attractive prices. And when you have new product butting up against still really good old products, it's a mess. So I can imagine that also being an issue. So that's why companies like to get rid of old products. Intel has been a master at this in the past. They've just like, you could not buy previous generation parts. They were just like gone. Um, and AMD is never quite shown to have that ability to get rid of older parts. They compete a lot more, unfortunately. So that could be part of it as well. And these are, you know, you're buying a new motherboard. So you're, it's a big new memory, new motherboard, new CPU. That's, that's a big ask. I thought that promotion was interesting in general though, because I felt like it was a really unique, um, micro center, like, way of getting people in the door because uh, I'm going to I didn't look into it too deeply, but I'm going to guess that was uh, one of their like a uh, loss leader in store only type promotions as you would see like on those like, huge CPU price drops. And I, I don't know for me personally, I don't think I would say this means there's trouble because I think if there was actually trouble, we would see it across all retailers that they were trying to get people to buy. I feel like this is maybe something that Micro Center cooked up specifically. Uh, I don't know if it was in conjunction with AMD, but I think that DDR5 is, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's like this for other people, but you know, like sometimes if you have to cross a bridge with a toll to get somewhere, even though it's like technically closer to you, sometimes we'll just like head somewhere that's further away without the bridge toll. I almost wonder if this is that same psychological thing where they're like, you know what, people are going to see the cost of DDR5. They're not going to want to invest in the new platform. We're just going to kind of take that problem away. And it also avoids the perception of devaluing the chip by putting it on sale right away. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was watching uh, a podcast on Moore's Logic's Dead Channel, which gets a little bit conspiratorial for me. But he had uh, Jim Pryor on there, who used to run AMD's Enthusiast Technical Marketing. It was a good talk. Uh, he's actually the guy. Think, I think James helped. is in the chat right now. Oh, hey, James. <laughs> and they were talking about, uh, they think, or I'm not sure if James Jim said this, but... Uh, Moore's Law is Dead did, said that all these motherboards got drop shipped in. Uh, and I believe Jim backed that up. Like, instead of the usual low cost freight coming over from China, they all got mailed, uh, air shipped over. So they don't have the margins because that's significantly higher cost to be able to start cutting prices on motherboards and stuff with things moving slow. The motherboards already have these higher costs because it's the first wave of them to then factor in DDR5 on top of that. Like, AMD saying, "Hey, we'll give, we'll work with Micro Center and give you RAM because that's the way that Moore's Law is dead." Said his sources say this is happening, uh, is a way to get the ball moving without having to cut prices on motherboards or the CPU. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. then it doesn't look good either if you do it. So, and then it looks like you're doing a direct reaction to Intel's announce on its prices because I wonder if they were kind of surprised Intel didn't push prices up a little bit in these new parts. I, I was honestly shocked. I, I, I was definitely yeah. surprised. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that's a testament to the fact that we've got good competition now between the two companies. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, isn't it wonderful? I mean, we wouldn't be here if, you know, chicken and still, egg, right? <laughs> we would still be at $1,700 uh, <laughs> 10-core. No, you're forgetting $1,723. I mean, I still remember that years <laughs> later. 
<laughs> that number is burned into my brain as yeah. well. <laughs> Six years later, one thousand seven hundred. I was gonna, I was gonna write Thanks. an entire song based on it. <laughs> you know that and whatever. Be, sorry. Uh, and to be clear, to uh, the the person who asked about tray pricing versus street pricing earlier, that was actually the tray pricing. <laughs> so it was more expensive than that. On the yeah. Street. Yeah, but no, you know that whatever that the Stevie Wonder song, like one thousand some whatever minutes, you know, like that would be perfect for Broadwell E ten core prices. So. Yeah, I was trying to get Dan Emmerich, um, who used to work with me at Future, to like sing a couple songs. He's a pretty good singer, but the other one would be Threadripper, but like the the tune of um, uh, what was it? Daydreamer, but I never never got it off the never got it off the ground. <laughs> Uh, uh, we got a couple super chats. Um, Discover your origin origins gave us a two dollar super chat. Thank you so much. Uh, I have no idea what they're saying in this, but I'm just going to read it off as written. Destiny two arc three Intel arc Hurricane Ian greater than FL driver. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, JH gave uh, two pounds uh, and then said, "Is DDR five fully utilized by the monkeys?" <laughs> that's the question you gotta ask uh yeah well then you know you'd have to like because then once you get into the memory thing like then it would have to be like you know a low latency monkey and then like it's like monkey. Monkey. ddr4 like versus ddr5 dwarves, monkey but with monkeys yeah. more of them oh i was just thinking rgb monkeys <laughs> <laughs> did you give the monkeys speed if so ddr5 monkeys <laughs> um train monkeys you could take the whole world over <laughs> overclocked monkeys but bored erica just said overclocked monkeys it uh times it was the blurst of times yeah. uh merlin 21c camelot uh asked uh which is a better value for gaming do you think a 13 600k well we haven't tested yet uh plus the alder lake platform or a 5800X3D plus AM4 platform. Also, is it worth waiting for Black Friday for better, better deals? Yes. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? If you're, if you're just if yeah if you're just a gamer, because actually that is a lot of a lot of people we're talking about with Ryzen 7000 is that the real winner was 5800X3D. Uh, you know, there's that whole thing about the, how the Intel slide compared to the 13900K or mm-hmm. 600K or one of them to the to the uh, the non 3d cache version but then had a little tick mark where the 3d v cache version was and you and usually it was way higher uh so you know it's kind of a little weird uh but what, what do you what do you think gordon should people buy the old thing gordon the 5800 x3d or do you think they should buy the new thing i you know what i need to do is i'm, I'm looking on Newegg right now because Newegg actually uh despite all the shade they get from everybody they they actually give pretty representative pricing so it looks like a 5800 x3d is 429 dollars going um, on sale uh, i'm seeing it 415 so or 419 on amazon is it real quick so uh last week it dropped down to 365 so uh i honestly it's one of the things i put in my 7600x review which is uh given that there's been not in like semi-regular sales on the 5800x3d which only came out in april if i remember right um we could see prices uh, drop back into that 350-ish, 360-ish range for Black Friday, which given the fact that uh, DDR4 and memory and the motherboards are more affordable, it can, it can actually, I did the math, it like offsets the costs 
by uh, by like most of it. So like maybe you're paying like ten dollars extra ish for a 5800 X3D build, but you're getting better gaming performance. So that's like, and I put in the review, I was like, basically you have to ask yourself like, what are your priorities? Do you want like the short term here and now better gaming performance, or do you want to like invest in a new platform? Like, there's all these questions you have to ask for yourself. Yeah, so, I mean, so yeah. Wait for Black Friday. <laughs> I, yeah, wait for, I'm totally with Elena. If you want good deals, there are going to be a buttload of good deals on all PC hardware this this November, Black Friday, because it's clearly stuff is it's going to be, we're going to go from definitely seller's market to absolute best buyer's market. My answer to between uh, 13 Gen and 5800X3D is honestly, if you're just a gamer, I would buy a lower end, like Core i3 12100F, $100. Because if you're looking at $430, I mean, I I respect 5800X3 3D. It's an awesome CPU. But if you're going to tell me uh, I'm going to take $330 off the, that purchase price and putting that toward a faster GPU, I would... If I'm just a gamer, I would take a, you know, a low-end i3 paired with a faster GPU all the time. I know there's all these great things about the cache on the X3D part. I still think it's very hard to justify for most people. And again, remember that cache doesn't mean every single game you always immediately get performance. It's some games that's awesome. Some games is like, eh. So honestly, for three hundred thirty dollars, <laughs> I, I, I know. Yeah, it's I was Intel about to say, arc, right? yeah, the other, the other way around with. Arc. I mean, people <laughs> they only want to look at these things like, oh my god, it's awesome for those. But honestly, for a normal person, if you're looking at three hundred thirty dollars, you're you're stepping up one bin of GPU, right? So you're talking about thirty seventy Ti versus, I don't know, where does that get thirty sixty? No, not enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe no, thirty sixty, thirty sixty with the fifty eight hundred X three D. Versus a 3070 with a Core i3, honestly, I would say 3070, you know, it depends on the game and resolutions and all that. But I, I just, I, I love the X3D part. I still, at the price it's at, it just kind of hurts a little bit still. Like if it felt like it should have been like lower. I, I tell you what, I don't know if the rest of y'all done this, but the way our paychecks work out, we get an extra paycheck in November. So <laughs> oh, that 5800 oh, nice. X3D might be nice. uh, looking for those deals. Speaking of deals, uh, with Ryzen 7000 having just launched, we have you know 40 series about to launch. We have all the old stock GPUs they want to get rid of. Uh, Raptor Lake's going to launch October 20th, I guess it said. Uh, RDNA 3 is being announced next month. Yes, Black Friday could be good, but also I have no insight. I have no anything, but Amazon Prime Day 2 or Early Access or whatever they call it is going to be going on next week. And all these companies are very much incentivized to get rid of some of that old stock so they can start selling their new stock. So it Mm. might be worth just checking out Amazon Prime Day 2. Yeah, before all those happen. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, okay, uh, Sigal Johnson uh, said, uh, asked a question: uh, Will there be another generation of Intel CPUs on the Z790 board, uh, or will Rap- Raptor Lake be the end of the line? I think they mean on that socket specifically. What do you think, Gordon? I think you know it, everybody expects them to two, two, two gens. Um, they officially, I think they were officially asked this during one of the Q and As, and they they're. Their standard responses: We don't talk about unlaunched or future products. Basically, 
they're not saying if Meteor Lake will fit into this, you know, a lot of people, I mean, unlikely personally, I think it's, it won't, I think it's unlikely. Yeah. You know, I would give it a a 10% chance if that, but the weird thing is if you think about it in Israel, they did that big tour and says like, you know what? We were, we, we were not even going to do Raptor Lake, but it was spun up as an emergency. If, if Meteor Lake wasn't going to really work and we're going to have problems. We needed something to sell, right? Cause vendors want them to, to have something new to sell. So they did Raptor Lake basically as an afterthought to it. It's almost like rocket Lake in a lot of ways. They did, didn't really want to make it, but that makes me wonder if were they only going to do one CPU and one socket then was it only going to be Alder Lake and that would be it, Yep. which seems a little unusual. So you kind yep. of wonder if they publicly said we weren't going to do it. Does that kind of imply that, 14th gen meteor like would have gone into current sockets i i don't know but that i think it's unlikely but that makes sense yeah i'm just kind of wondering but yeah no i wouldn't put any money on that because intel likes to you know again i know people get angry but when you move things forward you don't then have problems of people demanding that you make a your newest cpu work for a five-year-old motherboard and there's a lot of compromises to that and you know, and it has it has actually handcuffed AMD by doing that sometimes. So there are there are pluses and minuses to everybody's approach. Okay, yeah, sweet. Uh, we have some. I'm switching over to some questions over on Discord. Uh, mostly running at stock. Had asked uh, some questions about Stadia. Uh, first off, was uh, who on the full nerd predicted Stadia's demise? Right, <clears throat> I, I don't remember if any yeah, of us gave. All of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I can't remember if anyone gave a specific like year or time frame or something like that. Did any of I us? No. I think no. we asked. I don't know which of us did. I don't know if it was me, but I think somebody said I give it no more than five years because that's about how long Google's attention span tends to be on its projects. Yeah, I don't do that. I mean. I don't think anybody even guessed because I was like, that's like a gimme. I mean, that like that, like, that <laughs> when the Zeppelin is on fire on the on the tarmac, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like we're not going to no, not going to work anymore. Uh, also, you know I'm real, we're never going to get the answer, but I'm deeply curious to know whether Stadia wound up making more money than Star Citizen has already raised. Oh, God. Uh, probably not. Probably People not. still going to put money into Star Citizen. Yeah. Right? It's, like a, it's like a, no, I was going to say it's like a, one of those time, one of those timeshares, but no, it's actually, are, is that, so are people even able to play that game? You can play parts of it. Oh, see, that's parts of it. You can play yeah. parts of it. That's, yeah. Slices. Yeah. Sadie was, I mean, I mean, that was a total failure, right? And everybody saw it from day one. So it could have been so awesome, but they Googled it. <laughs> they Googled it. Nice. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a good reason why future promise oftentimes is like worthless, you know, because like that was like, I liked a lot of features that it promised, but those features never showed up. Bro, it really does make me think though, that bro, Google can't say one thing an hour ago know, and Gordon, then come back geez, with that now. Nice, Gordon. What? Classic, classic Gordon. What do you mean? Don't buy into future promises. No, I mean, there's, there's, but I you mean, just said earlier, buy into future promises. Yeah, I know. Cause I, I think there's, and it, it comes down to right. That's, I can go to the next question if you want. There's nothing I, I go to the next question. There's if you nothing want. that's absolute. What I'm saying is there is risk. There is risk. There's a very good risk. Again, I, I'm fully confident that Ark is not dead. 
<laughs> I agree oh, with that. God. But honestly, could I say it won't be? I mean, you don't. I can't tell you what's going to happen. I mean, the I aliens mean, but- could land and make us in, make us clean up elephant pits with monkeys next week. I don't. I, we can't. <laughs> I mean, but, but I'm just yeah, saying, you I do can't. have a point. We all knew Stadia was dead when it's pretty okay. much when it got launched. So yeah. Just, just for our audio listeners, there was this beautiful, like honestly, even if you don't normally watch the video podcast, it, it was just that look on Brad's face as Gordon was saying this. <laughs> what the? No, because there are. Look, it's all a bet. It's all a bet. What if people want absolutes? I mean, the internet grow up. There are no absolutes. There are no absolutes. We live in a gray, gray world that is mixed with fifteen hundred shades of gray in it. So love it. Uh, we do have some questions around. Um, uh, Ryzen 7000 stuff. Uh, I I've, I cut a video yesterday with Gordon about uh, some of my own testing with undervolting a Ryzen uh, 9 7900X. So <clears throat> hopefully it should launch on Friday uh, if Willis is at home editing it really hard. Um, but yeah, so I, I have my own thoughts on that kind of stuff. But uh, we have a couple questions in Discord. Uh, Starscream, is it technically possible with uh, the BIOS uh, and Intel slash AMD uh, to get with the motherboard manufacturers to ask them to boot in a specific mode, like a in a like one of the eco modes, uh, or for maximum efficiency. We we actually talked about this, you know, because eco mode is a powerful tool that these new CPUs. A lot of people seem to be you know excited that you can use them. Um, do you, yeah, do you think that motherboard manufacturers should get in on this, or is this something that you kind of need to leave to the to the user? Uh, you know, Ryzen, go ahead. I think that's an OEM call, not a motherboard call necessarily when it comes to eco mode and stuff like that. But I could see there being value in Dell saying this is a low power system. We're going to ship in eco mode. What do you think, Gordon? You're going to go deeper than that. No, I was just saying I could see, you know, one of the board makers adding a profile and say eco mode shift only. I mean, it it, Mm -hmm. going into you know, modern in BIOSes is, is really just like a brain bender sometimes because yeah. it feels like you're like, Hey, let's pull some fuses out of this plane before it takes off. And um, <laughs> it would be kind of nice. You know, you, I could see like an easy mode. You just go in and switch it on within the BIOS because I, it's possible. I don't know if that's where they're going to push, but yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. It, it, it'd be interesting. Yeah. It, it'd be interesting. Eco mode should be a button in Radeon software or adrenaline or whatever they call it these days. Ryzen master. Yeah. It's going to be in Ryzen masters where they're going to expose it eventually. Yeah, actually, no, that, that is a good point though. Putting in Radeon software would make it even easier because you would assume almost it. Most people would have Radeon software. Well, I guess not even most, but that's where they're, that's where they're putting it. That's they, they said that definitively. Yeah. But you kind of wonder, like you almost want in the tray to do a pop-up so you could sort of pick the mode yep. reboot and, be done with it yeah uh and then uh cause mc friend of the show cause mc said uh given to bowers video where uh he dropped uh temperatures by 20 c with direct to die cooling and a two millimeter increase in the ihs height to maintain stock am4 cooler compatibility does amd need to slim down the ihs uh on future products i know gordon has a yeah, I, I have an entire. In fact, I'm doing a. I'm go to the. If I'm going to be at your local library doing a dramatic reading of Goldilocks <laughs> and the three integrated heat spreaders, um, the because Intel's heat spreader, so Goldilocks went into the micro center and found the Intel 12th gen heat spreader was too thin, 
and it was bending. And then it went over to the AMD Ryzen 7000 heat spreader, and it was too thick. It was being too much of a thermal blanket on the CPU die. And then luckily, there was this middle-grade IHS spreader that was just right. And no, I, yeah, I'd get it. There are No, I, I, I don't think... I Honestly, I think they should have done it with this time. But again, you know... <laughs> Like like Elena's bridge analogy, they basically are like you got a new new socket, you got to do new memory, and oh by the way, you got to obtain new mounts for your for your cooler too. The math probably was there that said we need to maintain compatibility because it's just too many new things for this platform for our customers to do. So they made it a little too thick, and then for Intel. They wanted they made it as thin as possible in order to extract as much performance out of it. And you know, there's probably really legitimate reasons. I mean, you th- I I'm sure AMD knew, but there are legitimate business reasons that they yeah. made the call. But and Intel for t- what it's worth, I think at a practical level, maintaining that cooler compatibility was much more important for AMD. Right. Like if they are confident in this 95 degree C running temperature and they are because they're warrantying these parts, like they're saying this runs fine. We'll replace it. If not, uh, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Uh, well, and there, there's an interesting, interesting comment, uh, in the chat from JH said, uh, maybe the heat spreader being thicker is going to better accommodate, uh, 3DV cache versions later on. Cause, you know, we talked about when the 5800X3D, when you stacked on top of it, they couldn't overclock the right. CPU because, you know, the stack was too high. So now you're getting more headroom. So maybe that'll help out. Yeah. Know. I mean, I mean, again, Literal I, I ran metaphorical headroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sure they, they sort of like, yeah, maybe that's possible. I think there's a lot of reasons why compatibility, maybe future products. But again, I, I think there are legitimate reasons they, they made that decision and, you know, they're kind of eating it now because of all the, the enthusiasts doing all this stuff. But for a regular person, I, I don't, I would, I don't sweat the heat thing. I don't sweat the thickness thing. I just, you know, Again, like Brad said, they're going to warranty it. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, I have some people chatting in the full nerd questions. Uh, that Only questions there, please. Uh, I'm, I will have to go in there and delete them. Uh, Liquid R, uh, a good follow-up question from front of the show, Liquid R. Is Gigabyte's Project Stealth a market dead end? What do you think it would take for the industry to adopt the ideas of Project Stealth and innovate on it? I, I haven't heard about it. Have you heard anything new oh. about it? I, I, Asus just yesterday or the day before released their own version of the concept that put the headers on the back oh, of the motherboard. Oh, So the same oh, kind of cool. idea. And MSI it's has not compatible, I think, with stealth, but, you know, the conversation is continuing. Yeah, MSI has one, too. They they showed it off around that time. And if Asus has one, then we're clearly in that direction. Um, and this is kind of like in the early days where everybody had their different pinouts for the front panel connector. So hopefully somebody steps in here. Maybe we work on ATX at some point and then do some improvements. So it is, yeah, but I don't think it's, it's a very small niche. It's, it's even more niche than small form factor at this point. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Borea Zero, friend of the show, Borea Zero, asking, uh, Brad, are you planning to upgrade to Zen 3 or, or are you going to do an in-socket upgrade still? Uh, I am at this point, honestly, I'm waiting to see what those 5800X 3D sales are. Uh, 
next month, like I said, I get an extra paycheck. So, you know, I'd originally planned on upgrading to something earlier this year, but then gas prices got ridiculous. Uh, now they're chilling out a little bit and I'm getting an extra paycheck. So my gut reaction says I'm going to check out the 50X, 5800X 3D. Yeah. Because I already, I, I game at 4K. I had powerful GPUs. I don't crunch video and stuff like Adam and stuff does all the time. Uh, 5800X3D, just if I can get it for a good price, seems like a really great part for my needs. Your board supports it too? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you're, if you're an existing customer, why would you? I, mean, I would again, even I would even uh, pick up a new motherboard. That's potentially, if I can find a good sale on a motherboard too, I would consider picking up a new motherboard. You know, and the funny thing is, if you think about for AMD, that's a problem for them because honestly, like you, you have an 1800X. That thing is like, that's older than some of my kids. And I just think like... It's older than the 1080 Ti. Yeah, it's older than the 10, but I'm just saying you could easily... Your 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 reaction is like, you know, I'm going to pick up one of those 5,000 parts. Those are like awesome. If you were... So like if you were an Intel land, that would have been like somebody like... If you had a Coffee Lake box... And then they have they I'm gonna upgrade Intel. They basically buy all new stuff, right? So they buy your new thing. It doesn't like there's nothing holding you back from upgrading to a, a Raptor Lake. Whereas you yep. like I would do seven thousand, you know, buy your brand new thing. Oh, but you know what? Because you've been so wonderful with your compatibility and giving me that compatibility, I'm now going to punish you by not buying your new thing. And I'm by punish, I mean that comes down to the bottom line for the company. Like, oh, margins are better on new parts. Shareholders aren't happy. People are buying older parts I, than newer parts. I can see. I do see that. Like uh, we said earlier, I can see your point. But uh, on the flip side, I would say that the promise of long-term upgradability was a selling point for me that bought had me buy into the platform to begin with. In addition to its multi-core performance, like you weren't getting yeah, eight cores yeah. in Intel at the time. But that's part of what got me into the AMD ecosystem to begin with. So this is me continuing to invest in the AMD ecosystem by buying a 5800X 3D, possibly a new motherboard, uh, although I'm not sure about that, rather than considering potentially switching to Intel. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying as an investor in AMD who wants my quarterly payback now, I'm unhappy <laughs> people are, are be able to. I have no money in AMD. I have no <laughs> zero stock. I just want to say too. that, but I'm just saying investors are like, you need to sell new things at the higher margins. And you're by giving people this longevity wonderfulness, that's screwing you. You need to stop doing that. I even sure that there's like yelling going on because I'm sure that's a negative. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that I to mean, get a look out of Galena. Look at that look. <laughs> like, what did I do? Is it is a is a partial uh system sale or like just the CPU better than having someone wholesale move over to Intel? Because you're still getting some money from them. Yeah, you're getting the chip money. I would also say people who would consider upgrading, enthusiasts like me, everyone says they're buying into it to upgrade. Uh, few people actually do. So I think that promise of potential upgrades probably hooked a lot more people than they're losing sales. Just like mm -hmm. overclockable chips. True. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> Tech Tech Potato, Dr. Ian Cutris uh, chimes in and says, uh, on the heat spreader thickness, technically AMD could increase the thickness of the substrate for a thinner heat spreader, but thicker substrate uh, is a lot of money. Limiting factor of the substrate shortages. So, hmm. Well, the good thing is uh, money doesn't apply on the internet math. So that... <laughs> <laughs> 
David Richards uh, has a, a, a late breaking question. Uh, when gaming at 34 by 14, so <laughs> so everyone else understands that it's 34, 40 by 14, 40. Uh, if GPU bottlenecked, uh, how often should you upgrade your CPU? Uh, at ultra wide 1440 I, that's going to be majority of the time you're going to be gpu bottlenecked at that resolution uh i've done a bunch of well i think that's what they're saying if, if if their gpu is bottlenecked is it worth upgrading their cpu at that point or should they buy a, a better gpu wait, wait, cpu or gpu cpu they're they're asking they're asking the frequency of CPU upgrades if you know that you're generally going to stay GPU bottlenecked. It's it's like uh 4K. You should not upgrade that CPU unless you can look at Task Manager and see the utilization and seeing the games that you're playing get locked on that CPU. Like cuz that's 95% of games are going to be GPU uh bound at that resolution, so unless you're actively encouraging pr- Seeing issues with the games that you're running becoming CPU bound, I wouldn't even think about it unless you want the other platform features. Yeah, I I would I would say I would put the money in the GPU. I would take a forty ninety with an eighteen hundred X versus a ten eighty Ti with a fifty eight hundred X three D. I mean, it's just yep. it's all GPU. Yep. And I will say that's the reason I haven't upgraded from my eighteen hundred X yet. Like I was saying earlier, because. The vast, I play a 4K. I, I have a 3080 Ti. The vast majority of what I do is GPU bound. So it hasn't been that pressing of an upgrade uh, concern for me. Uh, and I think you would fall into that same camp. All right. Uh, John Porter gave us a $9.99 super chat. Thank you so much. Said, uh, you guys are one of the few podcasts I listen to religiously. Uh, thank you for all the great content. And that. thank you for, for consuming you. the content. Um, nom, 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 nom. Uh, always appreciate it. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll do one last fun one and then get out of here. Um, Let's see. Uh, VC Jester, friend of the show, uh, said, uh, asked, uh, young people get mad when I say games aren't that expensive relative to income these days. I remember a $3 minimum wage, Pac-Man for the Atari uh, launching at uh, $59, $800 microwaves and VCRs, and $80 movies on VHS. What is your take on the cost of electronics versus back in the day? I was a kid back in the day, man. I wasn't paying $80 for VHS tapes. <laughs> Your parents were. Yeah. I'm just even like thinking what the costs is. The, Not my parents original. either. <laughs> the original Atari 2600 was $189.95. And the PS5 is $500. Why, man? They just keep it raising the prices. Yeah, no, I definitely... $200.70s money is a lot more than $500 today. <laughs> Yeah, actually, um, the uh, there, there's they they linked somebody linked to a article over on IGN from uh, Colin uh, Moriarty, Marty mm-hmm. Mori, Moriarty. Moriarty. Yes, sorry about that. Uh, said uh, with inflation, when when they calculated this out, this was. Uh, Oh, this is posted in 2013, so inflation's probably even more. But at the time yes. uh, that they posted it, they said uh, the Atari 2600 with inflation was uh, $771. So even even more Definitely than that. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I I just calculated it just now. Mm-hmm. So like a hundred eighty nine bucks in 1977 is in 2022 dollars, $923. Oh, wow. So yeah, um, of course, that would have been a cutting edge console at the time. And honestly, the first 
ability to play like cartridge based games at home. They sort of had these single use things, kind of, but um, $1,000 now. I mean, it's actually pretty, it seems crazy, but it, it's, it, it is actually, it is actually more reasonable. It's cheaper. Like if you think of the original IBM 5150, you know, whatever, $5,000 in a day would like 15, it would have been like a, $15,000 computer today, I'm sure. So it, it's, yeah. it is actually not as, as bad if, when you consider the inflation prices. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. that's why it's always weird when people compare price to price. It's like, oh, the Atari launched at 200, you know, uh, so-and-so launched at 200. Oh, so-and-so launched at 250. Wow, man, look at that. They're raising the prices. And it's like, well, you know, if you're just comparing gen over gen, then uh, you know, it, the, the fact that they're keeping it the same is actually, you know, a good thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think people also just have different perspectives, too, because I think the environment was also different then, where yeah. people didn't expect to own a computer back then. People didn't expect to have a microwave back then. Those That's like the equivalent, I guess, uh, if not dollar for dollar, but like maybe conceptually of, you know, there are tons, even now, like, there are tons of Teslas, but before Teslas became, or at least in the Bay Area, before Teslas became common in this area, like that was the car where you're like, oh, that's cool to see it in the wild, and maybe my friend will give me a ride in theirs, but I don't expect to own one. Um, like I remember my parents telling me that they had a microwave not long after they had, not long after they got married, and it took me a while to realize that they were like the first in like their extended family to have one. Like they decided that's what they wanted to have, you know. And it was like an investment for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think combine that with the fact that now you can get $1,200 phones for 30 bucks a month because you're basically leasing it as opposed to owning it and paying for it all up front like you would, you know, in cash before. But it, I think it makes it easy for people to go, oh, wow, it feels really expensive to have to spend $500 all at once for a PlayStation 5 or, you know, $600 all at once for a CPU. Because I think people are just kind of also used to doing things like renting things like Spotify subscriptions as opposed to buying music, things like that. So I think the landscape is just also really different in addition to the whole thing that Adam was just saying about price, straight price to price comparisons. I've, I've talked a lot in the past about how I think GPU price creep sucks and has been a largely NVIDIA driven thing, but AMD's getting in on it too, even before the pandemic and recession started messing everything up. Uh, but that being said, when I was a kid, people would come to my house because I had the only Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Like people would come over. <laughs> These days, everyone has a phone, everyone's playing Fortnite, everyone's mm-hmm. playing, you know, League of Legends or playing on their Switch. Like yep. in general, I think things are a lot more affordable now, even though it de- we tend to forget that in the moment sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and then also, you know, obviously, the, one of the the reasons why everybody is kind of not happy with it is his wages haven't really kept up since the nineteen seventies. Yeah. Is, is the main the main kind of a, I mean real drag here that people don't talk about. Yeah. But. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Last last. Uh, oh no, no. I'll, I'll save this one for later. Uh, okay. Cool. Gordon, let's get us out of here. I'm hungry. Okay, me too. Check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And also, if you're on one of those services, please leave a review. Every time you do, smart monkeys start throwing poo. Send questions and comments (laughs) to thefullnerd at PCWorld.com. Maybe one day someone will actually check that email address. And thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Chagas. Check back next week for the next episode of the oh full nerd. Oh my gosh. Oh, Eleni, audio list.
for audio listeners, Brad held up a RTX 490 to the screen. Um, also, bye, everybody. <laughs> and Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the out switch. Uh, socks. That's all I'm going to say. Elena and I got to talk about socks. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.